All right. So here we go. Another episode of the Eclectic Soundtracks podcast with the folks from All Stories In. So it's Chris and Matt, right? All right. Yes, cool. Sir. No no crazy names, just letters or or just uh, symbols or anything like that. That's cool. Just plain normal Texas folk. Yeah. My, my parents were not. <laughs> plain old Texas folk. Where's your Lone Stars, fellas? We've all had plenty of Lone Stars. They're below the they're below the belt, bro. You guys, you guys certainly must have had, unless you don't drink. I'm I'm imagining you had your fair share of Lone Stars and uh, what are they called? Peep uh, Peep. Why can't I never remember this? PBRs. PBRs. Right? Yeah, on the uh, that's because I drink them and I don't. Rem- yeah, blue ribbon, perhaps blue ribbon. But you guys just did a little uh, Texas tour, part one. Are you booking more stuff, more regional shows? Because uh, you just did a stint. I guess the. Uh, a month or two back wasn't too long ago, right? Where you're touring around a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we just hit up a couple of places around town or not around the state. Uh, first we went to uh, San Marcos, which isn't very far at all. Uh, then we hit from San Marcos. What was that? Austin? Yeah, we did. Uh, we just did like in Texas, like Southern Texas. We did Laredo, Houston, right? Laredo, yeah. Houston, Austin, Pflugerville. Yeah. Then you play <laughs> Laredo, right? Austin. That's cool. Yeah, I've yeah. never played down there. How was that? Scared. Nah. <laughs> it's a learning <laughs> experience. <laughs> okay. Garth Note Garth to Garth self. Garth Fuck Garth Laredo. Garth. Was it? Was it like? Uh... <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Good people, good good crowd, and all that is just you, know, you set your drink ah, ah, okay. one second later, you know, or a piece of gear. You Thought know, you were gonna say they had chicken wire around the stage like they do in Roadhouse. Now you're thinking of blues. Oh, <laughs> maybe they did in Roadhouse. You're thinking of yeah, blues yeah, before or... yeah, before they fixed up the bar, it was like chicken wire, and Jeff Healy was all there, right. You know, yeah, <laughs> I remember watching that movie as like a, as like a young teenager, probably you know, 12, 13, maybe even, or it, it, and, and just remembering that scene. And then there's a scene where like one of the chicks, like starts dancing around topless. Like we, like he's playing a song yeah. and then Patrick, and the yeah. whole movie is yeah. like such a teenage boy movie. Cause it's basically just Patrick Swayze and Sam Elliott beating people up and then tits. And it's just oh, like, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do it. Do what it are mom and dad going to go to dinner so and, I can watch know. Roadhouse with my dick out? <laughs> I've already ruined your podcast. Sorry. We, the last few podcasts have been pretty mature. And then now I'm back to my old tricks. Well, we had a classy girl on the last one. so we That's to, right. I can't say stuff like that in front of We had to be. You, yeah, yeah. you guys are a rock band from San Antonio, Texas. I'm not going to offend you. Yeah. We, we, we can't ask her if she saw Roadhouse, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that'd have been that'd have been a weird opener, right? Just That's how we should do with a different podcast just right off the bat. Be like, you're, it's a great opening. You guys ever You're seen Roadhouse in a right fight? Away. You think you can beat me up? <laughs> yeah. I've never seen Roadhouse. So. No! Patrick, no, Patrick Swayze time, does karate. Um, Sam Elliott blesses <laughs> us with his voice. There's tits. Jeff Healy <laughs> plays guitar. It's classic. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Check it out, <laughs> I'm glad we got that out of the way. Um, <laughs> how, that Okay, I was like, where so the that hell was, did that, that come from? Laredo. Laredo. Laredo, Laredo yeah, yeah, chicken wire around the bar. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, have you guys played? Where else have you have you played? Um, oh, where's uh, not McAllen? Uh, all in that down in the valley there, McAllen. There's Brownsville. Played down there a few times with Brunsgard, Corpus. Um, yeah, El Paso. I haven't played El Paso. Finally played kind of, uh, Rock yeah, uh, played House of Rock and Corpus. That's a really nice venue. 
Yeah, I'd like to check that out. Yeah, yeah it's tough to get into, but we finally, we finally, yeah, it's, it's really nice. Um, and they were very cool. There is, uh, I cannot, it's called the Hop, oh, Harlingen, the Hop Shop in Harlingen. Have you guys uh, played there? Yeah, no, there's a. That's a cool place. We have, we have yeah, it's a really good place. All the time, yeah. I'd recommend that one. Um, yeah, man. So Noted. like Vic was saying, didn't you guys play together recently? I said, oh, well, we played with you guys several times. Uh, we, you know, actually, now that I'm thinking about this, so how did we meet? I, 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 I all I know is I recall uh, Anthony, I forget his last name, Santos, I think, at Westfall, right, recording. And we had done a single yeah, outreach uh, there, and I, you guys had recorded there. And I remember us talking about that, but I don't remember exactly how we met. Go ahead. I, I want to say the first time we really met, we were playing a game. Really? Playing. Okay. And then maybe we just found that out. And uh, b- before that, I think we were just friends on Facebook, right. musicians and whatnot. But we, we finally met. Oh, yeah. Somewhere. Okay. If, if that, you're right. I do remember that. Because uh, at that show, you were a trio, and you were playing guitar and keys. Yes. Correct. Okay, cool. Yeah. But you still do, mm-hmm. Stum. You still play keys some. And, but you're doing... You, yeah, yeah. I think you and I are similar. Like, we play multi, like these in- different instruments. And when a good rogering started, I wanted to do keyboards and i wanted to be like neil fallon and i was like oh wait but i suck at singing and so it like it took a while and everyone's like why aren't you playing guitar and then i ended up back on guitar and then kind of became the you know the the singer guitar player guy but i do the same thing sometimes i won't play you know play especially when you have a bigger band when you have another guitar player you have that you can do that which i love and i've seen you've been doing that recently which is cool i like that you can sometimes you're playing guitar sometimes you're not you're just fronting yeah, 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 for sure. I'm, I I come from like uh, okay. theater stuff like that, so it's it's a big deal. Sure. To be able to yeah, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> and when you're when you're stuck at that point, yeah, it's tough you know, when you're when you're fucking pedal dancing around. And if it's a trio, man, yeah. you're so busy mm-hmm. pedal dancing and multitasking, it's That's very right, hard yeah. to 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 do to have that balance. And so, I... so that was always when we were a three piece that whole time. Like I was happy with the music and everything. It was yes, just, it was killing me on stage, man. I'm like. This is boring. I know it's boring. Well, it's imp- it's imp- <laughs> we got to do something. It's impressive. This, to, the impressive part of that aspect, though, was just watching you do the multi instrumentation live was was a cool factor to see. But I understand you a hundred percent because I always felt kind of the same way as a trio. I wasn't so interested in like it's the trio and I'm the centerpiece guitar hero guy. It's like no, I want a big sound. Right, and I want right, to be right. able to have the freedom to play or not play depending or or just you know put my guitar down and yeah. act like a jackass and get even more attention on myself yeah just interact. interact with people a little bit you man. know um yeah, yeah so totally re- relate to that um now you guys started in uh 2000 what well okay so that's kind of a story uh in all seriousness we started like in 2006 mm-hmm. but there were some long hiatuses people making babies and getting divorced and yada 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 and then uh, probably about when did you start? Uh, right before the first, or right before the album dropped. So I'm going to say about maybe five, six years ago, we kind of rekindled the flame. We all got back into a good place. Where we were like, you know, what, let's do this again. You know, we're well, when, now when you say that, was and, it the uh, same people? Like, like someone got married, had a baby, said, "Nah, screw this," got divorced, it, it, and joined well, the band again. At first, yeah, it was. It was at first, and then uh, things changed over mm-hmm. time, as I'm sure you know. But. Uh, but yeah, it was it, it, initially when we had all got back together. It was the, okay. the original guys, and then uh, what, the uh, my best friend, him and I, have been playing guitar together for like thirty. Oh years wow! Kind of like uh, I assume I don't know how uh, 
you and your guys are, but y'all seem. Yeah, I mean the the thing about a good rogering, I mean we it, it's actually pretty similar. I moved here. Vic's one of the first, probably my longest running friend here, or certainly one of them. I moved here in two thousand four. Vic, I think we met in two thousand five. Yeah. And, yep. and a Spanish class, and uh, and then I just uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we had a blast. We had a blast, <laughs> and we used to go to the old back room. We were over on the east side campus of AC and C. We used to go over to the back room. You know, right? That was the last year or two. It was around, and you know, just shoot the shit, talk music, drink beers, and so we became friends. And and then uh, 2020 happened, and and Vic was like, I've been blessed with this amazing robust deep beautiful victor voice and i'm doing voiceover work and would you like to do a podcast and first i came and then i said yes vic i would love that so but i mean yeah i mean so we've noted you didn't even clean it up i don't have time for that but um that where the hell i'm sorry rant just i'm in a ranty mood i guess i'm over here talking about my love affair with vic and i got totally sidetracked oh i know what it is so at the time I had been, I had like a cover band and then I joined this band called Quarter Shackle. And then but I was always like, I want to have my own band. My brother was here. We were writing music. Uh, Blaine Mott, which you might know, who was uh, from Quarter Shackle originally in the Good Rogering. We all started doing stuff together, got our original drummer on board. So we, we started around conceptually 2007 and we were kind of writing. 2008 is when we became a band and did a demo, you know what I mean? So it's kind of similar to you guys. I think we were around and yeah. then we put out, uh, for our first two albums and actually we're you know playing for a few years as a trio and i'd have a guest musician once in blue moon but then the same kind of thing happened um just uh went on hiatus for over three years and so then when i came back out it was with yeah. some of the guys that i that i'm with now like sammy so now sammy is the longest running sort of member of the band and rom's been with us for a long time so almost as long so 2016 so I feel like there is that. It takes time, right? And now it's like you really feel that gel. It's great yeah, because yeah, I yeah. feel like we can just, you know, we had a rehearsal the other night. Now Tim's been playing with us for a few years. John Takaniko's the keyboard. Everyone's been with us for a few years now. So when we, God damn it, how dare you? We're trying to run a tight professional <laughs> ship here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so unbelievable. So <laughs> Sorry, I didn't tell anyone. But, <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it, those things just take time, man, and uh, it's it's nice when you get no, it's, there. It is yeah. cool. Like uh, my my friend, his name is Dustin. His dad was like kind of a local legend, taught a lot of people back in the day, and so everybody everybody kind of knows this guy Dustin, and uh, he always kind of lived in the shadow of his dad, mm. so that used to piss him off all the time. You know, people, oh, you must be like your dad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, we were real competitive, but like right. a healthy, friendly way. You know what I'm saying? kind of drove us into places and I kind of, he, you know, he had to back out eventually and that's why. Gotcha. All right. So not, not, not shitty, but you're the next best thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just was really no <laughs> so, other option. And I I'll, saw this I'll guy on the that. side of the street and I said, Hey, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how we got David. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's, that's how you get the no, whole band. You just drive around like going, yelling to hobos. Do you play guitar? Anybody journey? Yeah. Well, I started teaching uh, teaching guitar at Sam Ash a few years back, and Matt. Oh, that's cool. A of mine. That's cool. At a certain point, at a certain point, he got to a level. I was like, "Hey, man, you want to be in a band?" Anticlimactic. He's like, Dude, I'm like, it's pretty awesome. Like, I have students now that I've had for for years. I mean, I've been so many over the years of guys that I started when I was uh, we Espinoza. Uh, one of our first guests we had on was. Uh, 
someone that I met when I, golly, man, that was probably 2006, I bet, Vic, right? Right around the time I started teaching. Yeah. Not long after oh, we yes. met. teaching at Strum. Yeah, yeah. teaching at Strum. So, I mean, I had students that were teenagers or, or you know, four, 14 years old that are probably 30 years old or something now. And it's kind of wild, you know, and, and it, yeah. it's very cool. That's and cool, even man. like yeah. even kids now that are still yeah. teenagers and I'm like, Jesus, dude, you're really good. Like you should teach now. Like I didn't know. I was always like, ah, maybe I'm not good enough. And, you know, just and I'm like, yeah, I could have been teaching. Any well, it's for, funny you for say years because it's not you know more than most people. If even if you know your basics and you got you know, you're you're fairly you're once in right, a blue right. moon you might get a student. I think I've had like two or three people in my entire tenure of teaching where I was like, holy shit, you know what I mean? Like one guy once I was just like, just let's just you. jam because you're fucking awesome, you know? Like, but but that's like yeah. so <laughs> rare, you know. Most of the time it's like people. That's why they're there, sure, you know. Yeah. And then the rest of us take lessons from like right, Carter right. Arrington and shit. I don't know if you know who that is, but like total beast mode, like freaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's a we got Ron. Ron Jars back now. I don't. He's the guy. Yeah, he's 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 right. kind of a local legend. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of local legends, man, you know this this latest and you guys played in uh, apologies by the way. Uh, you guys played Skunk Fest in uh, San Antonio last year, which was a fucking disaster, unfortunately, but uh, not completely my fault <laughs> a, beautiful a beautiful disaster, disaster. <laughs> without the beautiful part i was like this place is really cool great stage <laughs> green room uh no sound guy well that that kind of puts a damper on a show now doesn't it anyway yeah, yeah. so actually uh just on that note i yeah. was there friday and uh some good buddies did like a little reunion show of their band oh yeah sure reunion. i saw i saw that flyer yeah they run for a long time yeah so they come back and they decided they were going to do one over there and as soon as they get off stage, that's all. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. Dude, it's, and I don't, I don't want to throw people under the bus and talk shit, but it, it's frustrating because it, it's such a good, it's such a good thing. At venue. a certain point, you, you've got, you've okay, got a great, bus, and I man. see all the bands, <laughs> I see all these San Antonio friends of mine playing there all the time. I love the location for me I personally. I have my best friend who I've known my whole life, like lives five seconds down the road. Um, the stage is great. They got a green room. It's a cool venue. But God, Jesus fucking Christ, I, how hard is it to get a consistent, reliable sound guy that actually knows his goddamn job? It's really a frustrating, man. Yeah, cheap cut corners, I guess. And I get it. It's yeah, you what you pay for, man. Yeah. I was uh, I was definitely really disappointed, and not so much for me. Um, I mean, I, it doesn't reflect well on my brand, but you know, it was 2021. It was, it was what it was. I wasn't expecting, uh, some massively wonderful, you know, gigantic packed house, but I mean, I booked friends of mine bands that I like. I wanted us to all perform and have a turnout and have a good event. And it just got ruined because nothing even started until two or three hours after the fact and bands had to drop and, and we were in the midst of COVID and bands dropping with that. And then, it was a mess, but anyway, thank you guys yeah. for uh, for doing that, uh, even though it wasn't the greatest. Of course, um, and uh, but we were talking about oh yeah, so I what made me go off on that tangent was thinking about Skunk Fest, and this year I'm doing a very much a blues thing, right? And I've got different blues acts, uh, you know, uh, guys from around the country, even this time, and. One guy that I, I didn't contact, but I remember seeing him years and years ago, and I think he's kind of a San Antonio legend. Ruben V. You guys know Ruben V, right? Everybody knows him, right? Like I oh, remember yeah. seeing that. I remember seeing that oh, dude yeah. in like 1998 when I when I moved to San Antonio, and like that's the the first gigs I ever to be played. Honest with you, I think he's 
think he's been doing this since like 89. And he looks maybe. younger than us. That's frustrating. Like, I saw his picture and I was just hey, like, hey. Or when I say us, I say me and Vic. I'm not talking to you. I, I'm like, <laughs> bro, like this guy, he's, I mean, there's no way he's, he's probably not that much older than me, but I'm just like, damn, Ruben, you're holding up pretty well there, bud. Yeah, he's, I want to say Jesus, he's really? Yeah. I work, I work with another guy, Sam Ash. His name's Phil. He's in that band, yeah. Eden Burning. And he's the same way, right? Eden. He's 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 58. But you you might look at him and go, oh, you know, he's like... You know, it's funny. For the longest time, I, I was like, you know, coasting in my 20s and early 30s. And people would be like, oh, you look good. And you look like you're... And then all of a sudden, it's like I went from like looking like I was 29 to looking like I was 72 within like a, a year span <laughs> and everything turned white and just went to shit. And I was like, fuck, but I still hit it. Bro. <laughs> Vic still loves me. And that's all that matters. There we go. There we go. Uh, anyway, so the band started in 2006 or yeah. something. <laughs> uh, tell us, yeah, technically. What did your first tell us about yeah. the first album? When did it come out? Where did you record it? Give us the rundown. So yeah, like you were saying, the uh, that's the Anthony Santo. That's where he and there's the picture, right? So we've done you know some one-off like demos and stuff like that before, but it was really mm-hmm. we were a garage band, man. Looking back, you know, it was just garage. You know, when we got back together, kind of that was the point. We were like tired of the garage. Mm-hmm. Let's do this for real. You know what I mean? So that was. The whole point was, yeah, we need a body of work, so let's go hit a studio and lay down an album, you know what I mean? And uh, it was kind of just that, really. We all got back together, and the writing just happened. Like, it took, like, two days, and we had 13, 14 songs. Holy shit, man. Wow. Wow. And uh, I'm not even joking, right? Like, just me, the drummer, and the bass player got together, and we just pounded all this stuff in one day, man. And, uh, you know, we took time to develop (laughs) it later. (laughs) But... But, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I like weird, writing right? that way when you just kind of sometimes you jam, you get the embryo, and then you yeah, cultivate we just it. Had all these... I can clearly remember we all just, there's three of us, right? We all look at each other and we're like, holy shit. Beer? <laughs> <laughs> but That's yeah, the real motivation. The, like, can, let's you know, write these fucking, let's write this album real quick so we can like, get some beers. Come on, let's get this done. But yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool thing, man. It doesn't always work that way, but that day it did, man. It, it was pretty awesome. So, yeah, we went to talk to Anthony Santo. Westfall Recording, which, I forget the name yeah, of he was out Westfall, of, uh, I think he might have used to work in New York. I think there's one in New York, and then he relocated here. He was great to work with. I, yeah, he was, he was cool. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot, actually. It was pretty, uh, yeah, sometimes, you you know, you mm-hmm. butt heads or you don't see things. He was pretty. I, I was kind of um for us we uh, you know we did our outer reach single with him and I've worked with different you know engineers and and stuff and I'm usually pretty hands on producer wise I know what I want and I write you know the you know all that kind of stuff but you know I so I usually I look at it as uh you know an engineer and a co producer a lot of times um which is great uh and I was you know I, I kind of worked with some of the same group of people quite a bit and then I started just kind of branching out and wanting to work with different people on different projects and records and which I think has been really personally good and, and valuable for me because i feel like i learned different things and we all at this point in time yeah, most absolutely. of us have some kind of daw and we kind of know you know we can pre-produce and do our own stuff and even mix to a certain yeah, degree yeah, yeah. but you know you seek out different professionals but that's something i've been kind of enjoying and so yeah i mean even just doing that that one song with him there was just like with anyone there were certain things i was like oh that's a cool interesting thing that's one thing i really like mm, 
I mean, we played on his drums, and I was like, I got really ambitious. I was like, I'll drum, and then it was like, no, you won't. And then he drummed, and <laughs> and we were like, that's cool, but fuck it, let's get Rom in here, and let's get you know our our, our drummer on here. So I'm glad we, you know, it took a little extra time and a little extra money, but we were like, yeah, let's let's do that. And um, and one thing I love about that is we had a song that my brother and I had written, and we had the the acoustic, you know, it was acoustic guitar with some percussion demo and. And vocals, and then we went in there, and I just made up a bass line in the studio because it had no bass, and he just had a, you know, we just, I just, and I love that bass line. And then, like we did, I love playing bass yeah. actually and writing bass lines. And then, it's probably one of my favorite guitar tones I've ever tracked. Actually, is the guitar solo on that song is just a tele, a tele, I think it was a Telecaster that he had through a little orange amp and it sounded fucking great. I love the tone, man. So everybody has different shit. That's always kind of, you know, cool and unique. And sure, uh, sure. now do you guys go ahead. I think, Oh no, I was just going to say the part that I probably enjoy, like you're talking about doing the producing. I like to really, all the vocal choreography oh, yeah. and all the harmonies and all the, how that's going to go down, you know, really, we like to pre-plan all that stuff with it's pretty much. When we go in the studio, it's going to end up whatever. What's funny about me, and I say funny meaning um, I'm probably irresponsible, but I write really fast. I either write really fast or I I don't. Like, it's like, because with once I get in that headspace, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, I get it, right? Because it's like you get an idea <laughs> no, and you roll with it, and I'm Absolutely, like, let me just yeah. wing some harmonies. Let me, and I'll put a song together in a couple of hours and the whole fucking thing with harmonies and all of it. The problem is, is then I never really go back to it until I go to record it. And then I'm kind of going back and going like, okay, I like all this. What the fuck is it all? Right. And kind of having to, yeah, exactly. And I've even done that. We were talking about this with Atlas Miller uh, on the last uh, podcast. Vic, I think about tracking in the studio and capturing the magic of, you know, solos and stuff. Well, these guys are more jazzers, world music guys, but like, um, there's something about that. A lot of times in the past, I've, if I record a solo in a demo and I like it, I'll either go back and relearn that because that's what came out of me organically, yeah. you know, and I don't want to try to force something else. I'm like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That was the solo. It came out in the moment when I was writing the song and the energy was there and maybe I'll relearn it or I'll just go. Now that's another re- great reason to have DI shit. Right. And then you go like, well, cool. I'll just reamp this thing and right, do yeah. whatever I want with it. So do you guys now though, do you have a, uh, post that have you been using different places for your singles or you have a certain place you're going in san antonio where where have the singles been recorded at well kind of like you uh i like working with a lot of it's good sure cross pollinate and you know try to you know mm-hmm. know as many people as possible yep, yep. It's, it's all about people right so i'm always trying to do that uh the singles we just put out they're part ah, of okay the cool yeah i was gonna ask so we, we recorded all those at the same place over at stone creek okay. Sound and Holotus. And the producer over there, his name is Mac Damon. And uh, he's good, man. He's, he's got a real clean sound, man. He's very, very... Yeah, they sound great. Man. And I love all the artwork, too. Who's doing the artwork? That's a good friend of ours. Uh, his name's Raul okay. Longoria. And uh, his his wife, they weren't married at the time, but I collaborated with her a couple on a couple songs while they were getting mm. engaged and all that stuff. And he just happened to be a graphic artist, man. He was, he was doing stuff for a few other bands. And, uh, yeah, I like his, I like what he does. Yeah. 
Yeah, and more and more. Just like you said, you start out, I can remember going back and being like, you're just so excited when you have your first demo, and then you listen, go back, and you're like, well, eh, okay. <laughs> but at the time, it's like exciting, and you're just booking yeah, things, yeah. and you don't. And then you go back, and I mean, a, a good Roger oh, yeah. stop stumbling through everything. It's like we didn't have a logo. We didn't have uh, a direction. We didn't have anything. And like over the years, I've kind of like, for better or for worse, you know, slowly sort of made it a brand of whatever the hell it is, you know, but I mean, it's like all yeah. of that kind of stuff. I think uh, you learn, it's like the importance of that. And so now it's like on this last album, you know, it's like, yes, I'm outsourcing and, and hiring a professional artist. I'm, you know, it's all that everybody's, they got their. Yeah. And it's like, you know, or, some yeah. people are really good and gifted at that. And like, I feel like me, my, my strengths are probably a lot like you. It's like, as a, I like performing, I feel comfortable as a performer, you know, and I'm really good in a, like a studio in my creative juices. But when it comes to the visual medium, like yeah. you know, coming up with that, I hate that. I stink at it. I try to make, there's a few times I've tried to make a flyer and I think I've made some decent flyers. I've done some of this past Kunk Fest flyers. I've done certain things, but usually if I start doing something, it takes me forever for starters. And secondly, I've done some things and then someone else will be like, oh, well, mm, let me take a look at that. And then they come back and I'm like, oh my God. Like, okay. So that's what real art looks like. Like this is, I have, why am I fucking spending my, I think you got to find what you're good at, roll with that <laughs> and find out where to, right. how to yeah, delegate you... to, the, to the, the, the two reasons. Yeah. One, you're not great at everything. Two, mm -hmm. time man, you know, there's you can only have so much freaking time, right? And all these things take time to be done correctly. So That's props right. on that. And I think you can tell when an artist what do you has that perfect you know, is working with professionals. Yeah, it really just comes down to that, right? You don't spend your time playing music yeah. or making flyers. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, I mean it's you know, it really does it's, come it's down to that, that man. man. Um I think back in the day for me, like I used to run uh, I don't know if y'all are I'm sure you're familiar yeah. with Midnight Rodeo. It's wait here in San Antonio. In yeah, Austin. I was there in Austin. It's, 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 it's closed down. It was a corporate thing, but I worked what? for them. It was, wasn't that right yeah. Yeah, it was right off Yeah, I think that's like a fucking beer garden yeah. now or something. Yeah, yeah okay. Pint house. Yeah, it's, uh, it's right. been closed probably okay. a year or two now. But right, right, right. They were around for like 30 years. Anyways, my, my whole point there was uh, I was a traveling manager for them, and I'd go around and I ran no all these country bands. And that's all I did for like seven years, right? So contracts, paying them out, all this shit. So I really paid attention to like their merch. And they're, you know, uh -huh. like what's selling, you know, was, you know, and I pay very close to almost yeah. taking notes like I'm in school, right? You know, because I knew when I left there one day, I'm that's going to great. <laughs> I want to, I want to sell this shit. I don't want to have a table full of stuff that I don't, you know. So I really, I kind of draw from that. I think about what they did and what I saw them. And that's, I kind of approached our stuff the same way. I'm like, well, that's eye catching like their stuff was. And it, yeah. And it, you know, and I'm not saying I'm the best at it, but. But it's important, it's been okay. and it's I mean, super, we, we yeah, merch, and it's man. super important. I mean, one thing that worked for us while we were kind of stumbling around finding, I feel like the band, like just like talking about the roster itself for me, it's like having the bigger band now with the fuller sound is what I always wanted. I feel like our, you know, the new album is. I, it took a lot of time. Not to say that I think you know the the older stuff's not cool in its own way, but. I'm like, this is kind of what I always wanted the band to be, and I finally got it there, right? And then, and the merch and stuff starts to work with that, sure. and, and and it's just a process of, of of kind of going there. But yeah, all those things matter, man. Like the visuals matter, having videos matter. You know, like this is the how the music business works. Yeah. As much as everything mm -hmm. has changed, and even with streaming the internet, I mean, it's just still, you know, it's still the way it is. You know, you put out music, you have a video. I'll be honest. 
when it comes to that stuff, yeah, I mean, I, I people come to me and like, you know, sometimes they're just being polite, but sometimes they're being legit and they're like, man, you guys look really professional and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and here's me, right? And I'm like, well, I'm just looking at this guy going, fuck him. He looks professional. I'm, what is he right. doing? I'm trying yeah. to Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, so there's always somebody doing it better. You're trying to like, damn. That's exactly. Doing, you know, and right? you gotta, that you gotta out. try to emulate that and figure that out. And that's the, the, the Rubik's cube analogy that never ends in the, in the, you know, music business. And like, then you learn right. one yeah, thing yeah. and you're like, Oh boy, now I got to learn how to do this shit. You know, and speaking of contracts or, you know, or booking and to- touring and recording, it's all these different hats you got to wear and things you got to figure out. And I think as a, that gets tr- it as does. A front man, I think it's pretty tricky too, because people are expecting a certain thing and then you got to be the hard ass and they don't. Like, That's why I just like everyone that has like management gotta, you know, you know, booking and all these things. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so jealous. I want that fucking firewall. Like, oh, cause I'm not good at being a dick, but I want someone else that I can be like when someone's, I'm like, are you kidding? No, fuck this guy. And then someone else can be like, I'm so sorry. He's not available. You know, instead of me being on like messengers, like, Oh, I guess so. And I'm like, oh, I hate myself. <laughs> it's just like, you know, Matt, yeah, someone's got to do it. I'm man. the bad cop, probably. I, I would guess. Well, right? props to you. You gotta, you gotta. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a way to be cordial about it, but that, you can't say yes to everything. You can't take on everything, and you got to start looking at it. When you actually start looking at your as your band, as you know, it, it's fine if you're. It's a hobby. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you're looking at it, even as a hobby, but but as something that's monetary that you want to you know, brand and try to sell merchandise and make money, all all these things matter and you have to make business informed decisions. Right. I mean, that's, I think for the guys that stay in the Mm -hmm. ring and get anywhere, you know, that yeah, at some point, you know, kind of become savvy that there's really no way around it. But, uh, yeah, man. So tell us about speaking of music videos and the professional, I mean, so especially your latest one, like you've gotten some good traction on these singles, but Taurus did really well in particular. And I, th- and I think there's a story behind this, but I can't remember what it is about the boxing and everything. So tell us about, about this song, the origins of the song, <laughs> how that mo- and how that segued into the video, how all this came about. Uh, it actually goes back to, well, the, the lyrics, the lyrical content goes back to what I was talking about when I was running the bars, right? So I used to get called over to, you know, break up fights and stuff all the time. And I'd have to check their IDs and get with the security and talk to cops sometimes and stuff like that, right? Well, there's, you know, I would see this stuff all the time, right? Every night uh-huh. you're dealing with this at least a couple times, right? And, uh, you know, everybody's drunk, they're drinking. Usually what happens is somebody goes to hit somebody else and they miss and hit wow. them and it's on, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> They're all fucked up and they just miss. I'm going to say something real something fucked like up here in a minute, but continue. So, no, that's fine. <laughs> uh, so basically what happened was I, I walk over to one of these situations. I don't know what's going on, right? But I can see that, you know, the guy who did the tagging was an older guy and he was there with his old lady or whatever. She's a good looking woman, right? And then there's some dumbass kid who's like, you know, barking up his shit or whatever. And he just lost his patience, man. He sat there for like 30 minutes, probably 45 minutes, trying to be the adult and be cool about it. And this yep. just this patience worth it, right? So I got to check their IDs and all this stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm a tourist, right? So I know what that's like, right? You know, I know when you finally snap and you see mm-hmm. red, I know what that is, you know? And so I'm checking the guy's ID and I was like, oh, he's a fucking he's a tourist. <laughs> all right? good. You know Carry I mean? on. So like, yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't too mad at him. Yeah. I was just like, oh, you're going to have to call it night tonight, but you're welcome back tomorrow. Come on. You know So. That's kind of what that's about. It's just about a bar fight. Okay, so where did the uh, man? Yeah, 
the boxing thing translates in, you could run into the same thing in a boxing ring, right? Where, you know, you have a young buck and an older guy with a little more skill, young guys coming out hot and heavy, just kind of yeah. plays him for his youth. You know? The Rocky Balboa trick. Rocky. Yeah, I was also getting into boxing a little bit, right? So one of my students, he uh, took boxing at that gym. What is? And I was kind and of And that's the gym where you film. What is that too, place? Oh, man. What's the name of the place? Ferocious Boxing Gym. It's uh, it's right off 281, cut by the airport. Oh, no. Vic was, yeah. But it's cool. Yeah, so uh, basically I just started going there and I started talking to people and then made friends. And I was like, hey, you guys nice. want to box in the video? Vic, Vic, I, my yeah. wheels are turning, dude. I'm about, I'm getting an idea now, see? How are you? So, <laughs> I'm always trying to tie the videos into something, right? So, like, uh, I tried to tie one into, like, steampunk. Try to do one where it's like drug culture, because <laughs> all the kids love that shit, right? Uh, and old people. Too, right? <laughs> Everybody loves drug, uh, drug was culture. Something else. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What was furious? That was kind of a cyber. Mm, mm. We we're trying to like riff on that, and uh, so I'm always trying to tie into something that hopefully that maybe it'll. And when you do these videos, and you do you have like kind of a generalized? It sounds like a kind of a conceptual idea, and then you find someone else to sort of direct that and make it specific or or do you or do you oh, really okay, know okay. exactly what you want oh you do okay. i kind of know exactly what i want you do I usually store okay. i draw okay. it all wow. out and storyboard it yeah and then sure. i basically end up directing that's cool and everything when i'm there because the, the guy he's just he's just carrying a camera right last time we did it cool. ourselves we filmed it ourselves I uh but previously i'd always hire a dude to do that because i don't like doing video editing man all that that's part of why stuff. i don't like to do my own albums either <laughs> i fucking hate all that i've done a lot of editing and i hate yeah. it it it, 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 it takes yeah, the magic out of it man you that's can, that is it's a tough fight I, I, i'm very like much love being there with my production hat on and in the mixing process and uh, but the nitty-gritty stuff is ugh. yeah that's like and same with uh, yeah, it, film. I, I want to still. Yeah, I want to yeah, still. Yeah, like you got to trust. You know, you know that's putting trust into someone to go. Okay, I trust you to pick the best takes. I trust you to find the best footage. And then that, and yeah, the last of Good Roger sure. video was really great because I, I just really, it's not my, it's not my forte. But we had gone and done the whole live band thing like we had done once before, and I was like, that's cool. We've got some live footage, but I really want a storyline. I really want to do something here, and Vic can attest to this. So I mean, I got, I had an idea, and I had a pretty you know, reasonable idea. I mean, I think I even did storyboard and had kind of a line of shots, but the, but we also had magic that just happened on the spot. Cause it was very last minute. Vic was in the video. I called people like, Hey, can you be in a video tomorrow? Cause I was <laughs> waiting on a location. The perfect location came yeah. through. I rounded up whoever I could. I had talked to a few guys, a couple of guys could make it. So Vic was, came in and everything was just magic. Like all those little nuances that people brought and the creative ideas in the moment just elevated everything but I, but I had it. But I at least had the storyboard. I knew what I wanted, shot by shot, and then got mm -hmm. with Mark Coronado did that video, and so then getting with him after the fact, just for the the fine tuning and the editing of it, I had a, I actually had a blast doing it, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's fun, man. I love doing that stuff. It's how just, much time? You know, right? How, how much, much time? time? And my thing too is like, I don't know for whatever reason, like if if the creative moment strikes me, I like I said, I I feel like I can really lose myself in a song and and put together a song. In a, it either happens or it doesn't. But in the video world, it's not like I just wake up and storyboard a video. Like that's much more difficult for me for some reason to, to conceptualize that. I don't know why. It. 
It depends. Like our fir- the first video we did was for the right. Devil Play that was song. before. Was that, that the Devil Play? Wait, was that before the and, album? Uh, or am I wrong? Though uh, I think okay. we did put it out before the album. I think. Oh, but that's uh, or maybe the video that's, came out. After uh, that, the song came out on Spotify. Oh, it's a, so I see. That's on the first album, but you put it out as a single. Gotcha. Okay. Correct. Correct. It, just yeah, like you said, that. you're doing. Well, you said a you're lot. doing that with these last three, right? <laughs> Echoes, Furious, and uh, Taurus are all on an upcoming EP. Uh, well, Echoes, Echoes, Let the Dial oh, Play were on singles. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh yeah, that's twenty. That's twenty nine. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the steampunk video, right? So the the only ones we have from the new one so far gotcha. are uh, okay, Furious cool. and Taurus. And you can the logo changes with every album. Wait, what? Is kind of the idea. So you can tell them. All oh that. man! I don't know if you can see that or not, but we change our we change our That's logo for every album. Really cool idea. I've actually got a shirt with your old logo, and I noticed that I think you're wearing yeah. that, aren't you, of the new one? Yeah. That's a cool idea that you change. Yeah, you know, I've noticed amazing. some bands are real consistent, but some bands don't seem to be. So it doesn't make me feel so bad that like uh, we've kind of been all over the place in terms of of what that looks like. But I love that idea about clutches like that, right? I think they've got. I feel like they've got two logos, right? Some bands have like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know who else does it? Tool. Yeah, That's I guess I so. Them. I guess I really, I didn't really think. I never, <laughs> I never really mouth. fucking noticed that, man. Honestly. Wow. That's I learned something kind of. And I'm not. I'm not trying to rip off Tool all the time, but I realized that, and I was like, "Don't worry, you're not ripping off." Most people it. just rip off Tool from a musical standpoint. It, it At least goes, you're you're yeah. ripping off the cosmetic <laughs> aspect end of it. Yeah. Um. Hey, so uh, now I'm just thinking about how I met Adam Jones, but I don't want to be the guy that just starts telling a story about how I met rock stars. Oh man, I met I met Tool at Medieval Night. That's fucking random like as 90s. hell. Tell that story, dude. <laughs> yeah. So that was just yeah. a, nobody knew who the fuck they were. Yeah. They just yes. barely done an opiate, I guess, or whatever. And they were just yeah. I was there to see some buddies, right? And uh, yeah, I want to say it was like '93, '94, or something. And uh, they just. Just like me and you, you know, they just walk in there. They don't seem too thrilled. Yeah. They don't seem too anything, really. They just go up there. They played well, and then they were like, you like wow, the cool that's awesome. And they took off. <laughs> so it was very, like, it was uh, mm-hmm. underwhelming, maybe. And then, you know, later I'm starting to realize, man, I, I saw that guy. You know, the way he was dressed and shit, you know what I mean? He would do that. Uh, Maynard, you mean, or what? Yeah, he changes his look all the time and shit. But he kind of had that. Uh, well, they they the did a great thing. job. First of all, this I mean, they've been so many people have tried to copy them since, but I, their style was so unique when they came out. I really think uh, his, huh? Drummer's one of them. Oh yeah, yeah I mean, oh, the, here's the thing, them, and I yeah. say this, and it's I say it because it's true. Um, and when you what a bass players, right? Oh, who do they? All? Cliff Burton, Cliff Burton. Cliff, I love Cliff Burton. Cliff Burton was amazing, but I, I've almost like sometimes I'm like a little. Stif- a drummer shows up. And he's like, "I love Tool." Or a bass player's like, "I love Cliff Burton." I'm like, "That's good," but can you actually play, or do you just love this one drummer only and nothing else? Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got stories I could tell, yeah, but yeah, I won't. Yeah. Uh, can I, you play? I remember a guy one time opened his bass <laughs> after talking about. He said, "I, you know, about I don't know Cliff Burton this and that being in jazz band or what this." And then he opened his case and went. <laughs> the strings looked like they from from the seventies, and we just went across this. It was like. And I don't yeah. think he ever moved his <laughs> finger behind like three frets. I was just going like, "What in God's fucking name is happening?" It was very weird. 
Like, let's say I jam with some guys way, way back, too, and they're like, yeah, man, Metallica, Cliff Burton, and, like, open up their storage unit, and there's, like, holes in the drums with tape, and I'm just going, like, oh, my God. Like, And this was before I knew anything. This was before I was even in, like, real bands. or, But I was, but I knew enough to be like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that goes to show, though, it, right? The visual aesthetic matters, right? Like, I don't it, it, Well, yeah. I mean, that's not even playable, I mean, tape <laughs> on the drum. Now, it's one thing if you can play. I will say one thing for our old drummer. I'm throwing a lot of people under the bus on this show. I don't give a fuck, but like, uh, I'm o- it's overdue, Vic. Right? Like we've we've been all cordial for a few there weeks. Fuck it, <laughs> let it let out. it out, let so, it out. But I mean, I, nothing I'm saying is not true, right? So we had I've had several drummers and a good rogering over the years, and uh, one of the guys we had for a little while, the last at the last the tail end of the original, me and my brother sort of core was this dude that we had. Um, you know, we had had a few drummers and then we were auditioning guys. Right. And it was so frustrating because I I've changed so much because I used to see a guy going apeshit on the drums, be like, Whoa, he's so cool. Now I'm like, I don't want that fucker in my band because there's no discipline. You're right. I mean, like maybe it's his jam rock or stoner rock. That's fine. But right. I don't want a guy that's just like there to get his fucking rocks off. I went, we're playing a song. There's a time and a place for the jamming and your moments. And that's how a band, you know, with composed music should operate. Um, and my, you know, for what we do in our style and everything, but like, but so, you know, oh, these I guys, mean, I'll just remember this one guy sitting on YouTube. Oh uh, yeah. Blah, blah. And I, plus it was like guys from Dallas and stuff. It's like, I doubt that's going to work. You're going to drive to one rehearsal and never come back. You know, it's a long drive. This guy sent a video of him with yeah, a cover yeah. band and he is just playing on a black crows song. Like it's a tool song. And it's just like, what are you doing? Like, just fucking all over the place and you're just like ah, thumbs down bro like <laughs> you know and uh, but anyway so at the time it's like and then guy would show up like oh i love good rogering and yeah you know we're like oh we'll come for an audition give him two songs he shows up be like well I'll listen to it on the way in the car yeah this is gonna be a fucking nightmare you know what i mean like so there was there was a few of those moments and then yeah, this dude yeah. showed up uh this my point of this story is uh don't judge a book by its cover, right? Because this guy shows up and he gets out of the car and he's just a total goober looking dude. He's barefoot. His drums aren't in cases. He's got this little chasket. Me and my brother are like, oh, Jesus Christ. And he proceeded to fucking nail our shit. Like he had charts, like he knew his shit. And he was an educated musician who did his homework and nailed it. Um, and I mean, he looked kind of bizarre, this little squirrely dude with a jazz kit on stage but his kit sounded great he, he learned the music we used to play master of puppets as a trio we played some progressive stuff and he did great but the funny thing about him was was he just hated white people it was weird it, and he was white <laughs> i mean i hate myself but i'm not gonna put that on the, i'm not gonna put that on the whole race that's not fair i guess he was pre-woke i don't know what was going on but he hated white people yeah man he was like a decade ahead of his time fuck white males i was like yeah bro (laughs) it's gonna be so trending in 2021 Uh, oh dude yes now did that just happen or do you know that we covered that Okay, but we didn't. We, I don't. Yeah, I heard you do. We've never played it at a show. I knew you yeah, did, I but I'm, I was thinking. Well, we got. I I don't want to say lucky is not the right word, but it was really interesting because we used to do a medley of typo negative, and I was I've always been a huge typo fan. And when Peter Steele died, we had a show book like the very next day, and we played that song as a tribute, you know. And uh, yeah, dude, typo. They're yeah. so great. I feel like they're underrated. They got a great cult following, but they're they're really a great band. I agree. I man, I rocked the bloody shit out kisses. Of that album. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. What was that? That's the album that got me sold yeah, on them. Yeah. I think I saw them at like an early Ozfest or something. 
Christian woman. I mean, it's, it's, so it's not that crazy. Well, it's cool because they were song. unique. What I love about Typo is you can hear their influences. Like, they're not obvious because they got this goth moniker and they're rock metal. But you hear the classic rock yeah. influence. You hear the punk rock. You hear the metal. You hear all the influences. And I love that. Sure. I think they, I think Peter Steele probably had a bigger classic and ro uh, rock influence than anything. They always covered like Doors, Pink Floyd, CCR, Beatles. Every time I ever saw them, they, they did a cover. Yeah. When oh, they, they did. They covered uh, Summer Breeze as a Seals and Cross. Summer Breeze. Summer right? Breeze. Summer Breeze. And, uh, and then there you go. Neil there you Young. Go. I mean, yeah. they even made Neil Young sound good. Oh, bam. Got Neil Young on this podcast, too. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He's not going to listen to it on Spotify. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Neil Young. I don't know. Neil Young just seems like he pisses everybody off. He was pissing off Leonard Skinner 40 fucking years ago or some shit. There's that lyric yeah, in Sweet right. Alabama about Mr. Young. I get that's Neil Young's like Kanye man. West, man. He's like an old white Kanye West. It's just uh, yeah. pissing people <laughs> off. And, and, then they, and then they listen to him fart in a yeah. bag and think he's a genius. I don't get it, but whatever. That's me. I don't know. I guess Damn. I just don't understand genius. <laughs> We haven't achieved no, a man. Well, hey, bag status here. Fucking orange champs, baby. Get the I mean, now I'm fucking shitting on everybody. Now I'm gonna get now I'm gonna just gonna dump on the stoner rockers. Turn that orange amp up to ten. Turn your fucking your make your guitar strings like fucking loose rubber bands, and there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, okay. What um, size string do you use, man? You know, I've done the eleven I do yeah, ten to forty six balls. Zero. I've done kind of the uh I tried going to elevens for a while and they were just a bit on the thick end, um, but I kind of want to do it again. Sometimes I try different yeah. hybrid. That's hybrid. what she said. No, she didn't. I wish. But um, the uh, <laughs> what about yourself? Are you a? Are you a? Uh... I've been using. Well, uh, I have tens oh, on right wow. now, but I use. So use you're really thin. <laughs> you really yeah. disappoint the women. Hey, uh -oh. <laughs> don't go there. No, no I just I. I, kind of my thing is in a world yeah. where everybody's getting these deep, chunky strings and stuff, I don't feel like... Really? That's interesting. Okay. Like, just the... Like, I don't feel like... like Especially in this... Oh, stuff man. The, yeah. And all that stuff that's going on now. It's it's very, uh, it's very like, in the music. It's set in the music. You know what I mean? And everybody's going for baritone sounds and all that stuff now. And it's funny you say that because I'm actually playing them? this... Uh... I was just talking to Vic about kind of just playing these different. Um, oh, dude, I'm excited, by the way, to play. In Thanks for getting an, us another show at Amp Room. Shout out to Amp Room. We had a blast oh, yeah. with you guys playing there last time. Sure. I really dug that venue, man. The, uh... Oh, dude, this is going to be, be great. So all stories in album release. And this is long enough we can actually plug it on the podcast. And the podcast will actually be out even if we yeah, drag our yeah, feet for a month. I was happy. Month. I was this like. Great. We have a, a damn. Album that's badass. So that I can December second at Amperum <laughs> in San Antonio, Texas. All stories in album release part, uh, show, and that'll be Lane Unchained's debut show in San Antonio, most likely too. So that's gonna be fucking fun, man. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I was just talking about playing these different bands, and one of them I'm playing uh, doing a doing a show one off um, with uh, this band Tibetan Sky Burial. And they have a baritone guitar, man, and it sounds cool. Like nice. it's 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 interesting. I I'm at a point where I've had this happen a few times where I'd like to have a seven string guitar just for those moments, like when we need to go, you know, tune down and have drop C and you know the low A and all that. Because you have to have a guitar set up specifically. Oh, oh, oh. But yeah, yeah. playing seven string is so fucking weird. Do you have mm -hmm. a seven string? You play that at all? 
So another funny, ironic, funny you would ask, right? So we did that tour, and one of the bands that played with us, they covered a couple of shows for us. Uh, they're called, what are they called? The Churn? Yeah. Uh, the guitar player gave me, you know, the uh, Hulk Hogan yes. six-string PRS that I have? The, that, really? Those are set up for drop C. Oh. And that's why I usually use that. Yeah. They come that way, right? So they have a seven-string counterpart. He just gave you a guitar? Holy shit. Yes. Denny from the churn. Thank you very much. Oh, that's amazing. What was the band? Oh, man. That's fucking crazy. Dude, I feel so bad right now for, um, they were really cool guys. It's the band when you guys, I I came and did that acoustic last minute thing when you guys played Hanover's in Pflugerville. And who was the, who who was on that? Yeah. Were those dudes playing seven strings or no? Because they kind of had a more progressive modern sound. Sometimes. They they switched, I think. They went from six to seven. Back yeah, then, yeah. Those guys were cool. Switched. But I know what you mean with the like the eight string stuff. When you get in the gent and stuff, I'm just that is uh, maybe I'm just too old for that. Like I respect it. It's cool, but you know, I kind of feel to be honest with you, I kind of feel the same way. Like, uh, I, I, you know, he gave me that guitar, right? And I'm sitting there playing. And I'm like, why do yeah, I? I mean, I a seven string, I think, is cool, but <laughs> like. I don't really need it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's just it's kind of a weird thing trying to think. Yeah, eight strings. I mean, at that like point, it's just like, right. like it's you don't need a. I don't know. It's just like you're now you're playing both bass and guitar. There's that's in the I same register like, as the bass. That's the thing. Right. So there's not really a need for it, but I guess stylistically, right. that's what that music does. Exactly. Which yeah. is you know great because you're you're always pushing boundaries. I mean, once upon a time, you know, Led Zeppelin was this boundary pushing thing, you know, and now it's eight string guitars or. 20 yeah. string guitars or whatever the fuck's whatever these kids are doing these days i don't know uh, everybody you can shove <laughs> on that bitch there's like those old fucking 80s things too like 34 fret guitars with michelangelo and shit like for just ridiculous bullshit oh yeah, yeah. Uh, have you seen the uh the one that's uh it's just the metal like the fretboard is just a tr- like a truss rod with the frets <laughs> what? Is there, that's what? all it is was there like floating? Can, str- Man, play, I remember like one of the you know, early NAMM shows I went to. There yeah, was this company. Yeah. I can't even remember what they were called now, but they, they made glass. Their guitars were all glass. It was pretty cool, actually. And I don't know what happened to them, but um, yeah, 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 I know there's there's stuff made out of all kinds of different uh, shit. And, uh, um, yeah, people. They, when you say you drop C, though, enough, like, yeah. so tell me about your tuning. Is that a standard? What do you guys mm-hmm. typically tune to? Uh, when we play live, we tune to drop C. So basically, D C. Okay, there's the whole. Yeah. All right, gotcha. Right, like I should drop, know like that. But, um, I was seeing if you knew how you tuned your guitars. Do you have any specific uh, brand? Do you have brand loyalty to like strings or any <laughs> anything like that? Uh, I, I wouldn't say loyalty. I'm kind of a creature of habit, though. I, if if it ain't broke, don't okay. fix it, right? So I usually use D areas of some sort. Uh, Ernie Paul is usually what I go with. I fucking hate Ernie Paul. I'm giving a major fucking. I'm giving a major <laughs> shout out to Ernie Ball on this podcast. They're, we call him one of our sponsors unofficially, just because they've they've hooked me up for a while now. And uh, but they're yeah. I just did a big order from those guys for the, the upcoming Invincible Czars tour. So shout out to Ernie Ball. Shout out to Roland. Yeah. Um, hopefully several Godan. You know all these guys I work with. Well, I'll be honest, you know, I work at Sam Ash, right? So if I buy like a 10 pack of Diodario strings. I, like I used Diodarios for a while. I don't really have anything <laughs> against them. And in fact, I, I used them, I think, 
on my acoustics quite a bit. But for some reason, I just had a few bad, bad batches or something and a few strings broke. It's one of those just silly things. And then I was like, man, fuck this guitar. Fuck these strings. And started you know, using Ernie Balls. And I've just been using Ernie Balls forever. So, yeah, it's, it's a fluke yeah. thing. And then all of a sudden, you're just... I think I yeah, used yeah, to yeah. try out different strings of you know uh, guitars, and then I just started using the Ernie Balls, and so I was like, "All right, I'm cool. These are cool." My 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 best friend's dad, right? The guy I was talking yeah, about yeah. earlier, he's like a local was legend, it? taught everybody guitar back in the day. He swears by GHS Boomers, man. Really, I, I used those things. That was one of the first strings I ever <laughs> used, like when I, like way way back. Yeah, that's a, he swears by it, man. I'm like, how do you how do you not break those things, man? Roger sound like he's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah what about keyboards? Thing, yeah. Since you're a keyboard. By the way, did you start on piano or guitar or both kind of at the same time like me? Like what what's your musical background? No, no. Me personally. I guess I already kind of told you that. Nerd. No, I'm just kidding. I did, right? So uh <laughs> I've been playing No, I've been playing music. I used to my dad, right? Most dads coming from Texas, make your kids play football and do stuff like that, right? My dad put me in plays mm -hmm. and sing and dance type things. So we lived in Branson, Missouri for a little while, and I was in all these shows as a kid. And before I even really knew anything, they're just like, here's a guitar, play this chord and that chord, and then sing and dance. You're going to be on Hee Haw, boy. <laughs> that's what I did, right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the Mel awesome. show and stuff like that, yeah. So uh, I kind of got my – and then uh, – not to get too deep into another tangent, I lived Holy in a shit. Christian commune for a short period as a kid, and it was based around a musical artist named John wow. Talbot. He was the head honcho, right? So he had a music career and was doing Christian wow. music and dressed like okay. a friar, <laughs> all this stuff. But anyways, he he did music video shoots for his stuff back in like 85 or whatever. So I'm in these things, right? These no shit. Videos. Oh, wow. That's where I learned a lot of that stuff was being... Being a kid and that stuff. And then uh, as I got older, like, I didn't even want to play music, man. I'm like, Dad, let me go play football with my friends, right? And uh, my parents got divorced. And then my football player friends mm. started trying to play music and I already knew how. So I, I, I had I had it going on already, right? And they're like, oh, you're cool. And so I found my value, right? You know? And then then I really stuck with it. Then it Because I was doing it on my own. I wasn't being forced. Then it became my thing, you know? And uh, basically, I started... I started on drums and guitar, I guess, but for the past probably five or six years, I've okay. really been teaching myself piano. Do you teach guitar primarily, or do you teach multiple instruments? Right. I teach both. I teach I everything. Teach I can play every instrument. Like it, but I, teach I, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I won't teach piano because I didn't uh -huh. start with it, and I don't gotcha. have great strategies for it. Uh, I teach cool. bass, guitar, wow. voice, drums. I'm, I'm shit, man. I feel the same way about drums. Like, yes, I can play drums. I can sit on a drum kit and keep a beat and play okay. But I don't feel like – I mean, if it's like a super beginner or something that's just one of basic fundamental stuff. But I, I wouldn't feel comfortable because I don't feel like I have the proper technique and background to teach drums like I do with guitar and piano, you know. And then I feel like if yeah. you play guitar – you can teach bass. I mean, not to say that like there's not a different approach and technique to it, but which there is. Oh, oh, yeah. Theory wise, it's the same. Theory, so I theory think that wise, and everything. All the and then all the other things. Yeah, the yeah. funny thing about all those other instruments are like if you play a stringed instrument and you understand music theory, and then oh, this is tuned in fourths or this is tuned to this and blah blah blah. Well, then you can basically kind of teach any of those to a beginner mm -hmm. because all you got to do is go, okay, let's see how's this put together. Right. So this is this. This is this. You know, and you're just, you don't have to be like a master fucking ukulele player. 
We, we got to geek out on this sometime, man. You huh? know about the seven string no, pattern? I guess not. The seven. The, no, that's why they made seven well, strings. It, it, enlighten <laughs> me. Where are you going with this? But we'll, we'll, there's a seven string pattern that unfolds if your guitar is tuned to perfect fourths or fifths. There's a seven string pattern. It's on everything. It's on the ukulele. It's on. Wait, hold on. Did they all end up being different alphabetical notes or something? The seven notes, natural notes of music. Yeah, if you just forget the note names, right? It's basically like uh, you know, if you know, like your C major scale on a six string. If you start right, so you have a C and then an F and then the B flat, like you're just you know, hey, yeah, but you're going the movements, yeah. right? You're going whole step, whole step, whole step, whole step, and then the uh -huh. next one you drop down, half step, whole step, half step, whole step. Uh huh. That's part of it, right? So right above that, if you had a seventh string, you would have another whole step, whole step above yeah. your C. The Does that make sense? And that's that's kind of why they did that, so you don't have ah, to yeah. imagine. Well, and that always made sense with, like, a, a bass, actually. I feel like a six-string bass makes more sense than guitar. I understand why the guitar probably ultimately ha developed the, the standard tuning, even though you can alter tune it all kinds of ways. Is I'm sure for the, you know, there's the cage system and everything, and it yeah. probably lent itself over years of study and figuring right. out, like, these are the best chord shapes and the most the practicality yeah, there's a, there's of all that stuff, right? But it's like... With the, yeah, it actually yeah. makes more sense if you look at the, uh, a bass or something that's just tuned in straight force. You don't have that anomaly because that anomaly string fucks up everybody. It's like I'm teaching you guitar, and you're every, and you're gonna right. do it, except for the B yeah, string, yeah, which yeah. completely fucks up, fucking ruins everything. So you know, forget about your pattern, your consistent pattern. But you know, guys like Stanley Jordan, he just tuned all in force. Like he just tuned the top two strings to C and F. So he truly did tune in force like yeah. that, which uh, I guess. Who's that guy? Uh, oh, fuck yeah, dude. I met Mike, Mike Dawes. Dawes you know I have an is? awesome picture of me, Mike yeah, Dawes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Eric Gales at a NAMM show. It was a complete and total fluke because I saw Mike Dawes performing because a buddy of mine that was making pedals had talked with him, and Mike Dawes was interested in this pedal. So I lingered around like a weirdo at this NAMM thing, and, and he got done with his performance, <laughs> and uh, I was talking to him and everything. And then all of a sudden... And I had seen, like, while he was sitting there, another guy started jamming around the corner. And I was like, fuck, this is this guy's crushing it. What's going on? Sure as shit, it was Eric Gales just destroying it, just like with a dude on a little thing. And Eric just, just playing <laughs> upside down, left-handed guitar, just killing it. And then he pops around the corner, like, while I'm talking to Mike Dawes. And he's like, hey. And the guy's like, oh, I'm a big fan. And they're like, Eric and Gales and Mike Dawes are having this moment. And I'm sort of just awkwardly standing there. And all of a sudden, all these people like come up and start taking photographs and it's hilarious because I'm standing there. And so I just like, I'm in these photos with these dudes and literally someone's like, you hear people yeah. like whispering, like that's Mike Dawes. That's Eric Gales. I don't know who the guy is. <laughs> I was like, I don't know who the dude, that other guy is. But that, those guys are awesome. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, who that Mike Dawes is ridiculous. Like that guy is so good. Yeah. He's so good. No, he'll, he'll do that. Kind of yeah. Same, that makes a lot of sense with the way he plays stuff, for yeah. sure. Um, I got what well, you know. Actually, the company that uh, since we're plugging companies left and right on this uh, podcast, like that was Tonewood. Have you heard of Tonewood? He's a big Tonewood fan, right? He's like their main mm -hmm. dude. Mm -hmm. That was a demo he was doing yeah. with them. So I think he even did mm -hmm. a thing with uh, Rick Beato on that. That's that exactly. That's that little just, I have that. Yeah, thing, it, right? it just attaches. It's but, pretty yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. cool, man. It attaches and you yeah. just put a little reverb or yeah. delay and, and shit like that on there. Yeah, Tonewood's get it all wet and. Get it like every guitar player, when you first start out, especially if you play rock, right? Maybe not jazzers or country guy, but if you play rock metal, what's the first thing you do? Like, I just like, 
just moved my old crate amp today. It's like everything on fucking tin. I remember I had like DSP on my like crate amp, and I was yeah, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. fucking reverb everything, every effect on tin. And it's just, you're like, yeah, I'm. You because then you don't have to do anything. <laughs> I, I just, just move my fingers up and down, and it just all this effects. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I, I used to love the octave effect, man. And I kind of mean the effect, like a yes. pedal or actually playing yeah. the old West Montgomery thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like having the, you could add an octave above and below. Yeah. I've got that, that whammy pedal. Sound, I, you know what I'm I haven't even used the damn thing, but I love that the way like the Satriani's and stuff will use that with the big sweeps of big. Yeah. You know, that's one thing. I don't use a wall. I'm pretty, like, yeah, I'm pretty Kirk Kennedy. I, I use it pretty hard, but <laughs> a lot of us do. So. Well, props to you for not being uh, the Joe Wah heavy foot like most of us. I just I got enough bullshit already, so that's just to me. It's like nah, well, let's talk to Matt. What do you uh, <laughs> what do you you are you Ernie Ballstring? So that's good. Actually, I'll be right back. Uh, what do you play guitar wise, man? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when I when I gig, it's mostly going to be the, the Spectre Hellraiser. It's probably the only one that I ever play on stage, uh, even though I have. Dude, I, I just bang for the buck. The Schecter's I play. My fiance has one. She got for like 300 bucks, and I love it. When I go see her, like oh, yeah. I play her guitar, and I love it. And, yeah, and Josh great. from the Invincible Zars plays a seven string that I think he got for a great deal, and it's they're great. I think they're they're really good, man. Yeah. yeah. Cost, cost really uh, good yeah, uh, and not but, too expensive either. Yeah. I work for, uh, I just say Guitar Center, but it's not actually Guitar Center, but I get discounts like I was a Guitar Center employee. Uh, and they, I get nice. deals on those things. Um, but um, when I'm not playing for the band, I, I uh, usually play like a Le- my Les Paul at home. Um, I play with myself. <laughs> uh, or, and I just bought a Stratocloud. Um, um, I made a Japan Stratocaster um, maybe like a month ago or so. And that's great. Uh, I love those, but yeah, yeah the Schecter is just like a workhorse. It's, it's never going to, like, it's not going to let me. Yeah, I feel like it's sure. like the, to me, the Les Paul and the, uh, yeah, that, you know, I got to obviously have a bunch of Tragans and custom Tragans and I have um, Godans and I have, uh, you know, a variety of guitars, but I mean, I have a Les Paul, a Les Paul. I'll tell you all a story here in a minute. I have a, well, I have a California Strat, which God, that guitar is just, I love Fender products in general. I love Fender amps. I love Fender guitar. I think this stuff's fantastic. And so I've got my, uh, I think it might be one of my only guitars, if not my only electric guitar with a maple neck is my Strat. And every time I play that thing, I'm like, God, this thing, it just feels perfect. It sounds perfect. The versatility, love it. Same with the Les Paul. I, I have a Les Paul that I actually bought on a whim when I was amp shopping. Here's one for you, San Antonio guys, at fucking Hermes Music in like 2000 two or something i had just like moved back to texas and i was like looking for an amp and i and i took this les paul off the wall and started playing and it wasn't a les paul custom it wasn't a les paul uh studio it's called a les paul special i think studio and it's, it doesn't have the trapezoid inlays just little dots it okay. doesn't have the like maple top it's just the mahogany body plain color just a kind of a strip plain but it mm, yeah. i was like man this guitar feels so good and i couldn't believe right i don't even think they make them I anymore, exactly man i, I th- might have been a short-lived thing nope i had a, i had a i had a v yeah it, it seemed like it was just around for whatever. a few years yeah but i i 
I, yeah, and I love yeah. it because so I mean, I got it for under a thousand dollars, and it you know doesn't have all the cosmetic stuff. And I'm sure mm-hmm. there's you know some things that obviously playing a great you know Les Paul custom is going to be amazing. But shit for the for the dollar that I you know the amount that I got it for, I I love that. Now I've had to retire it since it has been run over by a tour van. But um, you know, it's uh, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> funny enough, man. If you ever have a catastrophic guitar, uh, no, yeah. it's it's been repaired. That's where I was going, dude. Yeah, Tony, fucking Tony Nobles <laughs> in Wimberley it fixed is. that bitch, and that guy's a, a wizard. So, um, but after that, I was like, all right, this fucker can't leave the house anymore. That's the thing about Les Pauls. They're such a manly, heavy, badass fucking Zach Wilde slash rock and roller guitar, but you fucking breathe on it and the damn headstock cracks, you know, they're. Yeah, this, I'm kind of the same way. Like when we go on, the, I think he mentioned this, like I have yeah. a guitars. Those are my live guitars. When we're, when we're exactly. cold, it's all bets are off. And then you just like, lie. Yeah, yeah. Like, all my guitars are, all, yeah. all my recordings are with my customness yeah. and that. Actually, I do, to be fair, like most of my recordings were done there. But I have done, I have used Les Paul. Sometimes a Strat, man, you're just not going to get that fucking Strat zone. And like I said, when I use when I used that Tele, I was like, damn. Yeah, I, I right. actually love yeah. Telecasters, too. Mm-hmm. I've been saying forever that I want to get a Telecaster and still haven't. But that's... Ironically, uh, when we were recording, he, um, Mac Damon, he has a whole bunch of expensive guitars, like Les Paul Customs and uh, fancy um, jazz masters and things like that. But the ones that we were recording on was like an Epiphone yeah. Paul uh, special Dude, that's... or something like, with a big speed on it. Actually, that was pretty. That was pretty cool, man. So he called it. He, he always calls it like Guitar McGinn or something. <laughs> and there's like we go in there, and there's probably about thirty. Wow, thirty guitars. He's all exactly. right. Let's start, let's start yeah. shooting. See which ones sound good, you know. So we're just going through guitars and like which ones. And yeah, when it comes to mm-hmm. clean man, P nineties or Fenders. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that's what's nice about a studio is you have those options to be like, this. I want this twang. I want this fat, robust tone. And yeah, that was cool. Uh, but but just, I'm glad that you said that because I really think to me, of course, your American Strats, <laughs> of course, your Les Paul Customs. Although every guitar can be a bit individual, and I played certain ones where I'm like not feeling it, and pick up the exact same you know price tag guitar or even a lesser model yeah, uh, yeah. price guitar, and be like, oh, this one sings for me. I feel good, you know. So it's very personal, I think, too, right? With, with these guitars, but that's why, like, yeah, it could be an Epiphone. It could be a Mexican Strat. I mean, I've played both of those kind of guitars where if I had the money at the time, I'd have been like, I'm going to buy this fucker right on the spot because they feel great. Who gives a shit, you know, if it feels great and sounds oh. great? What was that one that we used a lot? The what? The you Fano. The name of Yeah. I had never heard of this like one. A, uh, it's called Fano. Mm. Fano? Uh, it's a boutique brand. Um, and it, it just had some P90s, man. That fucking thing sounds great. Super stupid. Nice. It had all these switches on it. It was like. Oh, man. I know. Like, that's me too. Like, with an amp, if there's more than two channels, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this thing. And, like, those guitars, like, what's the one I know what you're talking about? Is it the Jazz Master? (laughs) The. Then Kurt Cobain, or he used a Jaguar, but they have the little, they have, like, a lot of shit. I'm, like, confused. I'm like, I understand the basic toggle switch with, like, three spots. (laughs) I mean, how much do I even. Yeah. Sometimes I, I feel like it's Maybe. just for kids who like to touch things or something. It's like, here, here's like little buttons you can press and like right. things you can slide on a rail. You're not listening to what I'm teaching you. So push push these buttons. I'm going to go grab a coffee and talk shit about you with the other instructors. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Basically, yeah, figure out the difference. I'll come back later. <laughs> I know you mentioned Hermes music. I heard a. Is it? Oh, really? Is that a? Yeah, is it a, a the old location of Hermes, which is yeah. not far from Fitzgerald's, which is not far. From, yeah, that's Guitar Center now, right? That's Guitar Center now. Uh, yeah, it's Guitar Center now. But they're gonna yeah. make. They're gonna open one. It used to be a moment. Tower. No, sorry. Oh, it is. Is it? Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. It used to be a Momar Music, if I'm saying that right. And they took it over. Momar had to sell out. That's cool. Hermes just moved it. It's a, it's so what's up with Hermes? Region. Is that a San, was that a chain or was that the San Antonio thing only? Okay. Yeah, apparently they're still pretty big up north. I, I think is when Guitar Center bought them out, uh, they signed a non-competing uh, San Antonio. Oh, nice. Ten years. Okay, so that's cool. Yeah, man, Hermes was like the place back in the day. The Guitar Center wasn't everywhere like it used to be. I remember no, yeah. I was in College Station. We didn't have shit. We had like a one little music store. We, we literally had a place called the Guitar Shop. And then a place called Tip Top Music, which is where I got my first guitar and took lessons. Which, funny enough, my guitar teacher was this huge Randy Rhodes fan and all this rock dude, so it was, like worked out great. Even though the the owner was a super like country dude, but yeah, totally. You know, this this kind his whole bad, thing too. Yeah. He's like, this here, this this is a yeah. guitar for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when we went to San Marcos uh, when we were doing our run or whatever. And we spent the day in San Marcos and we were looking around for like a music store. The same thing. It's just this little uh, tiny little hole in the wall. Basically, they had like two guitars for sale, and they just right, set up yeah, guitars. <laughs> but it was a little little thing, you know. It, back, I forget what the name of the place was, but he had a couple. He had a really a custom made amp that was pretty awesome. That he made it himself and stuff. So that's kind of cool. But what was that thing called? Uh, I, I think it was, it was his name. I don't know. It, had, it had a cool name, but that's his yeah. name. Shit. I can't remember. Oh, well. I think it was like Ace something. Great plug. <laughs> Oh man, best best boutique <laughs> camp I've ever played is this amp called shit. I can't remember. Whatever. <laughs> hole in the wall. The right that hole in the wall. Yeah, it was cool. Some guy's name. Some guy's Some name. Guy's shop. It's it's on the square. Hey, by the way, like the, on the way to the bar. Where did you guys play at San Marcos? I don't remember if you said that earlier. Oh, so uh, we actually we play there fairly You're regularly. Kind of a hop and a skip. Yeah. What is it? Right. So have you guys put that ring Rangars or yeah, Ragnars? Uh, I've heard that's pretty far Ragnars. off the beaten path, but a good stage and yeah, it, it is a little bit. It can be good. Okay, kick ass fucking outside stage, man. With like it's legit, bro. Like it's cool. It's I should check out that place. I'm kind of interested in those kind of venues in terms of like bigger festival type gigs. What I would say about right. it is, yeah, that's what you want to do. It's what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, it sounds more there, conducive to that. Uh, there's a Jack's Roadhouse that's been having the last time we played there. That's in town. There's a little dive bar or what? Or breathing. It was so fucking. No, it's like a restaurant diner place. Oh, that's that that's good. So full of college kids, man. It was. <laughs> it was like bulging under the weight, you know. Uh, literally, like we're taking our gear out and I'm watching the the bay doors like boom, boom. Nice. From people like fucking monsters. cool. <laughs> yeah. that was awesome. it, it was cool. Uh. There's the porch that's right on the square. Yeah, I haven't played there in so really long. We played one gig there a few years ago, and I can't that. even remember the name of the place. It was um, it was okay. It was kind of cool. I can't remember what it was called. Way back, I did play Lucy's. Lucy's, play Lucy's was super cool, man. I only played there one time. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, I did like that place. Yeah, and then yeah. there, we used to always play Gold Crown Billiards, but that's been gone for a while now. That that was a place. And Triple Crown was another one. Yeah. So I'm not real hip into to these new venues, but maybe we ought to we'll try to mosey on down the road and play a show with you guys down there sometime. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's good to know. Marcus is always good to us. Yeah, I feel like my big thing there is just not really knowing where to play and if it's worth, you know, if it's, but but based on what you're saying, it sounds like it's totally worth it to, I will. This, this is something I've always tried to do. And I did it once really effectively in Austin. I'm kind of not to be shitty or anything, but yes, I'm trying to infiltrate circles. Right, like uh, I'm trying to get down to say, like I'll go to San Marcos. Yeah, that's what you got to do. And you got to follow up, start follow up, become yeah. friends. You, you know, and like, yeah, I have no idea who these people are, but I just initiate. You know, <laughs> I don't even want to have to. I do it. I know exactly what you mean. I, it's like I'm somehow like, I can go out and like even the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I, I obviously. I can obviously fucking run my mouth, but I mean, everywhere. there are those times when I'm just like, God damn it. I fucking hate people and I don't want to do shit. And then, but well, once you kind of get out there, you just, you know, it's part of the, it's like all the things we were talking about. It's part of the deal, man. I don't think as an independent DIY band, you don't have the luxury yeah. to sit around and, you know, like, I'm just going to be, I, I'm too cool for school artist bullshit. Oh, you got to go fucking grind it out, man. That means you got to go to shows. You got to meet people. You got to fucking do all this, you know, administrative crap <laughs> you know the... it's not that i don't like people i think i just well, the older it can I'm be, getting, the it more can be exhausting. I kind of like i don't know exactly I like my gotta recharge the battery and i think most of the most of the good stuff like my exactly. writing and all my art and all that stuff happens when i'm alone yeah not when exactly I'm, not when I'm with a bunch of motherfuckers <laughs> so i like to produce art yeah. stuff it's like really I get to do that more when i'm alone trying to find that balance so I find myself of, being between the two now. which is tough you know you're because you're out there you know, trying to be social and yeah. grow your, your brand and make yourself known and network. But at the same time, like you said, that's not exactly a conducive to, I think probably for most of us to actually creating and practicing, you know, it's like that. Yeah. There's just too much, too much going on too much. You can't sit alone with yeah. your thoughts and cultivate something um, and all that usually. Yeah. Or at least me. Gonna say about the Oh, I know. I was going to say, like, uh, man, I've been having a really good experience just playing. And San Marcos is not really a little town, you know, but it's not a big city either. And I think a lot, it's really, because I think the the big cities get real spoiled and the venues get real spoiled and the promoters can get lazy. God knows we've experienced this. And and then they don't want to pay you because everybody and their fucking grandma will come play there for free. But you go play, uh, we played Lampasas, we played mm-hmm. Huntsville, and got treated great we're taken care of we had a great crowd and i think it's like man these places are some gold mines you know you you go out and play like the littler markets and and for people that don't get a rock show every day Mm -hmm. of the week that don't take it for granted because they don't have 50 fucking venues right down the road you know yeah there was a one of the bands i was talking to they were uh we played with them in san marcus when we played on that run, and what was the name of the band that played last year? Uh, last time we were at Jacks, Ragnar's. Ragnar's. Um, mm-hmm. well, they, were, they were instrument. They were a little bit like the Velopod band. Uh, it's escaping me right now, but the bass player and I got to talking afterwards, and he was kind of saying the same thing. And I agree, right? Like it's just when, when the people in the cities are spoiled. There's too much. There's too much. You know what I mean? Like nothing's nothing's exciting. The novelty. Yeah. Just about everything is worn off. <laughs> like. It, there's just too much available, yeah. too much exist. These small towns, they don't have shit, man. You know what? You know they have an open mic maybe once a right. month, and that's yeah. like 
that's a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Like every, everybody fucking goes, you know what I'm saying? There's just not much else. There might be a Walmart. Playing now, Back to the Future 3. Yeah. <laughs> I used to always make fun yeah, of the small the... town I came from because, like, uh, like yeah. everything was and always then... behind. And, like, then we'd go back to visit in, like, you know, 2005. And I'd be like, look, yeah. uh, Die Hard just came out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> They're wearing corn shoes. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I mean, I've been there too. I've but I mean, I, yeah, there is a, there there is something to be said about that, and there's a, a you can get kind of jaded about it. But I've really grown to kind of appreciate those communities, you know, for that for that reason. I think it's actually really good for guys like us, uh, and and even as a musician, like even if I am worn out or whatever the case may be, I mean, I don't want to go out every night of the week, you know. Yeah, it's not that whole thing like when you're younger and you just want to go party and be a part of something. I'm I don't need to do that shit anymore, you know. But like sure i'd like to go support friends yeah, yeah. i mean but there are good shows multiple shows every single night and you just can only do so much at a certain point because right, i mean especially yeah. when it's like well i would love to come see this show but there's a rehearsal well now i have a show well now i'm doing a podcast or you know whatever so it's like there's just not time to do it you know but like you said i mean if it was yeah, yeah. something where it was like oh well this one event's happening next month okay cool well maybe i'll make sure i don't book anything on that one fucking night because that's the night you know whereas here it's like well whatever they'll they'll play again tomorrow yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll be back next week you know exactly that's exactly right when i was running the country bands i used to see mm-hmm. them firsthand right so you'd have guys like bart crow he he'd come like every six months and every single time his crowd would get yeah smaller 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 because of what you're talking about right you have you'd have uh I don't know, Whiskey Myers or somebody like that. They come like yeah. maybe once a year, maybe, maybe twice. Right. Or I'm sorry, maybe once every two years. And they could charge whatever the hell they wanted for those yeah, things. Yeah, that makes sense. And that shit was fucking stupid packed. So it's that supply it's that, and demand uh, kind of thing. You got to leave them wanting something, wanting you. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to, yeah, like the gas, right? Let's bottle up our music and save it over here. Uh-oh. <laughs> We'll release uh, it when they vote on it or something. I, I want to talk about country music now, since you you worked with all these bands. Are you were you a fan initially? Yeah. Like, first of all, for both of you guys, what were your early influences? What were some? What are your, some of your favorite musicians early on? What are some of your favorite guitar players? Uh, so I didn't really get into music until maybe like senior year in high school. That was two thousand eleven. Uh, uh, so Baby I alert! I didn't really have too many influences at the time, uh, except for what, whatever was on. Oh my God! Jesus Europe. Christ! You're like uh, this guy's literally like, getting influenced yeah. by the same <laughs> shit that you were playing at your party, Vic. When, uh, oh my God! I know. That's hilarious. I, I, I was gonna say, like, when did you? Yeah, when did you get into music? When he found me on the side of the road and said, "Want to play in my band?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. I think I guess one of the oh first, man, me too. Uh, That's the reason I play Slash. guitar, man. I mean, if I could uh, cite one thing, it'd be yeah. Appetite for Destruction, man. And Slash that that was like where I was like, "Fuck me, I have to play guitar." That's awesome. Yeah, it's the reason I got a Les Paul, <laughs> and um, I guess uh, Darren Lockin from uh, from System. Hmm, now, okay, uh, probably the, the second one. It's his stuff so simple. But well, I think that's so one reason Metallica tasty. is so, so huge. I mean, they've had great management. They've written great songs. They've also written garbage, but they've 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 earned the stripes in a variety of ways. But I think one thing that I think is, is so 
but they smart, tried. and I don't know if it was intentional <laughs> or not, but the thing about Metallica is they've got songs that are very, very difficult. Disposable Heroes and Dire Z, even this like really fast, crazy metal stuff that no beginner could play, and I can't play. But they've got also stuff that almost anybody can play right away, you know, with a little bit of work. And and those, I think that's so smart because it's like, oh, look, I can play a Metallica song. I can't play Master of Puppets, you know, after a few months, but I can play For Whom the Bell Tolls. And then maybe a year later, you can start playing Master of Puppets or whatever, right? So I think that's the ACDC thing, which I love that stuff. I love a a lot of really simple music. I don't love Green Day personally, but the the reason I don't love Green Day is because the guy's not English and he (laughs) he talks like he's from England or sings like he's from England. I don't know why. No. But it's it's easy enough to get people. No, most people don't have a a gut disgust for Green Day like I do for no real reason, honestly. But like, (laughs) no, I get exactly what you're saying, and I always thought it was kind of interesting. It's the kiss factor. I've had this conversation with a lot of people, and I don't. I try to not say bad things about Kiss because almost everyone I've ever met loves Kiss. Like every guitar player, love, love, loves Kiss, and you're like, they're not even good. Like it's like Ace Frehley is like not doing anything amazing. (laughs) I mean, I think he thinks he is, but. It, it, you know what I mean? Like I invented a pentatonic scale. Ace or something, <laughs> sorry, but like it's but but I get it in the sense that like everyone, it's except like Marty Friedman's one of my favorites, right? And I remember Marty Friedman being like, "Oh, he loved Kiss and he loved the Ramones," and I was like, "That's interesting," because you think of him as this crazy guitar wizard virtuoso Megadeth guy, but it makes sense because it's something you can immediately play, like you said with the Green Day thing. It's fun, right? It's immediate, like Nirvana was when when I started coming up. Yeah. Before Matt was born over there, you know, it's like exactly. when I yeah, started yeah, playing. Yeah. You know, when the when the dinosaur when the dinosaurs roamed the earth, like ah, that's funny, man. <laughs> I never put but that together, the, bro. It was so it was so it was so amazing it was though, because it was it's born. like Fuck. you had the Metallica Black <laughs> album coming out, which you could play the riffs, maybe not the solo. I could kind of play some of the riffs on there. There was the Nirvana grunge thing happening. So it was all things that you could kind of play even as a beginner. And then bands like Metallica and certain bands had the more complex yeah. stuff that you could kind of aspire to, but there's there were still manageable riffs, you know. And those same riffs, you know this as a teacher, man. We're teaching the same shit now that's been taught for 30, 40 years, man. Smoke on the water, crazy train, inner sandman, smells like teen spirit, mm-hmm. all that shit, right? Yeah, so... Thank God, because I don't, I can't learn more shit. Oh, no, I'm like, put, I, I like when I, kids them. nowadays, you're like, what do you listen to? I don't know. Well, good, <laughs> fuck you. I'm going to teach you what I already know then. <laughs> that's, that's right. No, they come to me, they come to me, they're like, I'm like, hey, pick a song. Oh. Learn, right? What do they do? They come with their video, game, their switch or something. They're like, this music I don't, I'm not one to talk. Fuck. <laughs> I'm not one. Okay, I'm gonna talk shit about a few people, shit. but I don't talk shit about most of my students and stuff. I I really love many of them, and I've I've developed like lifelong well, I mean, relationships I with a lot of people. Know, and I, I you know happen. But when you're somebody who doesn't want to be there, and you're just there because your mom wants to fuck the milkman or some shit, like I don't I don't like that shit. I don't see dollar signs. Yeah. I don't like babysitting brats. Someone's got to do it. I feel like I've earned my stripes and been around long enough where it's not me. <laughs> so I don't teach fucking kids. I'll do like trials and it's like a serious kid. Yeah, I'll be me. like, holy shit. And when I'm teaching a kid, I don't care if you're seven or you're 77. You're either, we're either like, hell yeah, let's do this. We're excited about music and I'm, and we're, we're going to bond or, or it's not. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. not to say that I can't like teach someone that's not. Right, right, right. Go ahead. Okay. Here's one for you. Do they ever bond on you? Ah, that's a really good, that's a good them? question, but. Like they, that's a good they, question. They honestly, bond, like, but you're not, not too often, really, for me personally. 
get that. The the burrito kid. Dude, there was this one kid who was a complete psycho. <laughs> he was a psycho. This is the and this is this old school that I worked at, right? There there's uh years back and and this kid came in and he was so insane. I, I was like, okay, this guy's gonna be a fucking serial killer. Like I this this kid's this this person's going to be a pro he's probably there's probably like done a mass shooting by now. But he, he was just a psycho and he would bother everybody in the lobby and poke his head in the door. And then he came into my lesson eating a Taco Bell burrito, dropping it on the floor. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, stop <laughs> eating a fucking burrito, throw that away or go eat it outside. Like, and then he, he sits down and he's got this guitar and he's all, he's all fucking in your face and he's all excited. He's like, hey, do you know the song <laughs> devil? You know, this is a kid who can't even play a G chord, right? Right. It's always these people. And he's like, do you know, devil came with uh, joy. I wouldn't learn how to play that song. It goes, nee, 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 nee. and he just starts like, impre- and I'm like, and he's like getting all close to me, and I'm having to like, you need to like learn about personal distance and space, and and then so also we used to have like, Vic can attest to this, the neurotic boss that left little notes on our chairs, and the AC had to be, and the radio had to be this, and every time you fucked up, you got an email, a text. No, I was ridiculous, and so, but also for whatever reason, as an independent contractor, would I, you know, usually they would have our numbers, but everybody knew like it's business related, not to just randomly call people like. The, Basic social constructs, right? I get a call one night yeah, walking downtown to a gig at like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, it was, I think it was either unrecognizable or I recognized it was that kid. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So I don't answer my, after the gig, right? I'm like walking back to my car. And I li- it's like a fucking three minute voicemail. And it's like, hey, this is, bleh, and I really want to learn this song by so and so. It goes like this. And then for three minutes, He's holding up his phone to, I'm going to say boombox because I'm old. And you just hear like, for three. It was like a kid. It was like a fucking kid rock song or something. And I was like, dude, like, <laughs> bro, like, you know, get help. I'm sorry. Like, not to be an asshole. But That's funny. There's some people are just fucking crazy. And um, I've had yeah. I've had a few students that were real shitheads. But but it's really rare, man. Most people are super cool. I did have this girl recently um, <laughs> that was like, yeah, same thing. I mean, I couldn't teach her fucking anything. Like. And she was it, what? Have you ever had a student drop you? Uh, of, well, no, I mean, because I'll cater play? to them. But I mean, I'll. Uh, no, I mean, like. Oh no, no. They they found no. A and that's a great. Honestly, I have not. Surprisingly that, enough, at least not to my knowledge, because there were there were times when I was like, ugh, you know, like. But usually, when I kind of get to know someone, then they kind of like, oh well, yeah, here's you know, this is who I am in my band. I'm not like pushing my band and stuff on people, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't, because I don't think most people give a shit enough. Honestly, <laughs> I think if I'm like, my no, who gives a shit about their guitar teacher's band? Like, well, I'm just their teacher. Like, you know what I mean? I think like I've got friends and stuff who know me, and and some have come to shows. But I think like most most of them are probably just like, what's your band again? I don't care. You know, like I want to learn this Maroon Five song, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there's a has it the, really? Our, oh, because of, play oh, song oh I think you're a Satanist. You're a Satanist. Yes. Oh yeah, oh. The, it's the devil. No. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're thinking you don't need literal. them. They're, uh, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you do. Sorry. Probably not, but you know, I, I was just curious. Ah, if man, anybody, that's that's kind of almost surprises me because it just I always kind of had a little bit of a fear of that, of like, uh, you know, is the good Roger going to scare someone off and not to my knowledge, it never has. Yeah, I mean, you could tell with the... With, oh, dude, with I had a guy one time. Or, most, know, But most weirdos don't cool last. I felt yeah. sorry for... I mean, I'm being really mean on this podcast, but whatever. But, like, this guy came in one time, and he's just this goddamn shirt 
and his starched fucking shirt tucked in with his tight-ass Wrangler jeans and his gigantic belt buckle, and he's sitting there just the whole time completely awkward and uncomfortable, and he's got his daughter who comes in in her little Catholic schoolgirl outfit or whatever private school she goes to, and I'm trying to do a lesson with this girl, and I know, like, sometimes parents want to sit in on a lesson or two, and that's fine. You let them, but... And then hopefully they fuck off after oh, a few lessons. Right, but like, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't need a parent in their lesson going like, and she really will. I don't care. I'm the teacher. Get the fuck out of here. You know what you're talking about. And like, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's pretty rare. Like, and if yeah, I, yeah, but yeah. if I know the parent, everyone's different. That's fine. I get it. But this guy, I was like, dude, your daughter's doomed because I was sitting there trying to like help this poor little girl. And she would, you know, I'd be like, okay, so do, you know, do this. Do, now, do you understand that? Does that make sense? And before she could even open her poor, scared mouth, he would go, say yes, sir. <laughs> like the, every fucking question, say yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm like, I wanted to be like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Can yeah. You, this could be your daughter's like only 30 minutes a week of her not being terrified to death. Like, and you're ruining yeah, it, you know? No, you can see that. Though. Like, I, I've had a couple of, uh, and you see that, like, usually what I run into is, yeah. It's one polar opposite or the other, right? Like, oh, that's the other side of the spectrum, right? Of just like, oh, isn't she being cute? No, your nine year old rolling around on the floor. That's not, oh, look at, she's a kid. No, that's, she's a brat because you're a terrible parent. I'm sorry. Like, I hate this, like, oh, kids crap. No, because I've had kids that are super respectful and awesome Mm -hmm. at seven because their parents are good. It's pretty simple, man. And I understand that there's, ADD yeah, and there's yeah. all you know whatever all these things but I think I think nowadays so much of that just gets used as an excuse you know like I mean I <laughs> remember the kid I had for years and he yeah, shit his sure, pants sure. in a lesson remember <laughs> oh <laughs> One of the yes. oh, kid for yeah. years and, like he used yeah. to come with his mom and his mom <clears throat> never took the guitar out of the case like Every single week, I'm not exaggerating for like two years God bless them they were nice people but two years straight she'd come in and I'd be like painstaking like like wanting to put a gun in my mouth like okay let's let's play the e chord let's play the e chord you know let's let's, let's play, okay try to fret that note you know like she oh, yeah. i'm like okay you have to, you have got to push your fucking finger down on the street also here's an idea play your guitar you know but anyway so she'd be in there and then her kid was just this like mess like he'd be like four years old like i'm sorry like extremely rare that you could teach someone that young guitar you know maybe piano a little bit maybe but uh, he was really young when they started four. maybe five oh but gosh. like probably the youngest kid i ever had and like one of the oh one of the first yeah. lessons he straight that's tough yeah, yeah. His pants. <laughs> all of a sudden it just like smelled like death in that room <laughs> just like, what do you say is mom <laughs> sitting there and you're just kind of like <laughs> so anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna open the window, and his mom's like, "Oh goodness, uh, where's the bathroom?" You know? <laughs> yeah, dude, Vic. It's so funny because Vic knows these fucking stories of oh, your I, 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 uh, started teaching. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think probably the worst thing that I had was next to Sam Ash when I was that was quite a few years ago now. But there used to be a gym right next door, so I had this guy who wanted to take some vocal oh. lessons. But he came straight from like lips and waist, like oh no, just smelling like he balls. didn't use the fucking shower, man. He'd come in there, and I was like, man, peeling, peeling paint off the walls, right? And then to top it off, right, I had this mother-daughter duo that would come in right after him, right, and it's like motherfucker. So I remember this time they walked in and they just 
they, oh no, because the smell. Yeah. Out, well, let me tell you. <laughs> like, um, you guys okay? Like, so at this place I used yeah, to teach at, they had a. And I, oh yeah, well, well, I had a certain well, situation, <laughs> and um, the. Well, let me back up. So I didn't know this was where this podcast was going to go, but it's pretty fun. Like, <laughs> like we both get fired, you know, as soon as this comes out. But like, I was, <laughs> I was like. Uh, I, I, so at the time, there was this, like, genius teaching. Like, was, yeah, we all know, like, the math genius guys that are, like, the jazz guru. They're, like, the Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind, and they know, you know. And, like, he was one of those guys. And I'm, like, this guy was yeah, so yeah, yeah. hot next level, so, you know, playing at the elephant room with all the jazzers, really high-level musician that then said, ah, whatever, I'm going to go be a calculus major, like, one of those geniuses. And he's And he's – but he was the, can you imagine, like, it's bad enough just being, like, pretty okay like me. But can you imagine being, like, a musical genius and having to sit down with a little bratty kid? And and he's over there going, like, the feel of this. No, I mean, I, I, I'm, like, yeah. he was so advanced. And then you got a kid going, eh! Yeah, 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 and yeah, so he had this yeah, one, yeah. like, I think the, 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 he didn't last very long because then this kid called. And this was the guy, by the way, that I let borrow a rag, a, a book of rags, like Joplin and stuff. And he came back like a day later and was like, yeah, this is really fun. I, I, I put this one in a minor key. I mean, ridiculously good, right? I mean, it took me like a month just to learn a rag as is. This guy's like transposing it and shit and for fun. And he comes in <laughs> and he comes in and this like. I'll never forget just this serious guy, the super you know eccentric musician with his big fro hair and everything. And he just walks out in the lobby. He's like, "I just got called a, a poo poo head." <laughs> and then like, and then he was just done. Like, and I was like, "I don't blame this guy." So anyway, I inherited all these piano students because they didn't have a piano teacher. So that was a pointless story, but it, funny. So I, but this piano used to be in this little isolated room with no windows. And then I got this student, and it was at one of the few I've had where the mom always came with the daughter. And they were super sweet, very nice people, and, and the daughter was really good. I, I absolutely adored them and loved teaching them, but they had an odor big time. So bad. I mean, it was tears in the eyes. We had to move the piano into another room with a window, yeah. and whenever their lesson came – I opened the window and, 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 you know, lit candles and stuff. And then as soon as their lesson was over, like blew out the candles and sprayed. You and shit. And I mean, it's yeah. like, what can you do? You know what I mean? It's, it's a, I think it was a, a kind of a cultural thing or whatever. And I, you know, yeah. I'm not going to knock them for, for that. And also they were great people and I love teaching about it, but from the perspective of just the school, the business, and then whoever the next student was, it was like, Right, right. That would have been the, like one of the very few instances where getting COVID and losing your sense of smell would have probably been beneficial. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny. I ran into someone the other been day awesome. that was yeah, yeah. saying that. I can't <laughs> believe I'm still like hearing about people that haven't had smell for six months and shit like that. Did you guys get COVID? Oh, wow. Actually, right before we went on tour, I finally got it. Well, I say I finally got it. I think I'm, I'm starting sure to think I had, I had it, it way back then, too. Before all the shutdown shit. Yeah. But. We didn't know it was But it up. wasn't a thing yet, right? Yeah. So I just was sick for a day and went back to work and whatever, whatever, right? And then, and then uh, right before we're about to hit the road, right? About a week before, just barely oh, well, good, man. I'm glad to hear that. Time to still hit the road yeah, because I think the band, I think you guys were so playing with Tough on close. Fridays, right? At Hanover's. And there was the band that had to drop because of COVID. And this keeps happening. Yes. He's seen it over and over. We, were, we just played with Snakeskin Prison for fit, their 15-year yeah. celebration. What a great, fun show we had with those guys. Our longtime friends from Houston Welburn Road and yeah. Inch of Dark, some great buddies who hadn't played in two years. 
had to sub in because the band Butcher White all got COVID, you know, it, you know, and so it's just, it's kind of a bummer, man. That's been happening to, to so many people, ah. but, um, at least everyone's living. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say someone, yep. Every yeah. single show we had when we did that run. So, yeah. Um, Let's end yeah. on that super fun, positive note. Pandemics. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Where no. were we before we started talking about people? Students with body odor and shit students. for half an hour. Oh, you were asking us about like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's fun. Yeah, oh, my musical influences. That's where we were an hour yeah. ago. Yeah, musical influences. But uh, I grew up in like yeah. 80s, good stuff, 80s man. Pop radio bullshit, man. You know, and uh, yeah. then you know, as I started coming into it on my own, you know, that's when all the oh Metallica, bro, you know, and, and then yeah, no, then it's like listen to the tough shit. You know? <laughs> Whatever poser, you just yeah, like terrible. nothing else Fucking matters. Man, you know Fucking poser, can't be a pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's when I started getting into more like the heavy stuff, right? So, uh, but like just recently, man, I went back and I was learning. Uh, what is it? Stepping up by P- Peter. Jackson. I, I don't know that, but I know Peter I'm Jackson. The, uh, he directed those terrible Hobbit movies uh, in King you Kong. It. Okay, it. right, not that good. It's a different Peter Jackson. <laughs> Peter Jackson. Oh, it's from like seventy nine or eighty one or something like that. And it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Shoot me. I can look it up. I bet you like it. You'll probably learn it on the piano too. Oh um, wow, yeah. So stuff like that. Like I like old Phil Collins and shit. And, mm-hmm. You know, like all the corporate the old Genesis stuff. Something different, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm really. I think what really got me inspired to like take guitar to a different level was uh, oddly enough. Probably oh, Smashing Pumpkins. It was Siamese Dream. I started yeah. Hearing, yeah, I started hearing sounds on there that I'm like, I ain't heard this shit before. And he just did that run in like a really quirky... I always kind of forget about those guys because I was never a huge... Yeah. Not all their stuff. It's Not funny. All I always stuff. like. I always like. You know, the, it's like you got your big four thrash guys. Well, you kind of have the same with the grunge, right? The titans of the Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, and uh, Pearl Jam, and, uh, yeah, all that, and yeah. Nirvana, obviously. But I forget, like, Smashing Pumpkins was another huge band. They're a massive influence to a lot of people. I think I – it's weird because I, I think it was, like, Billy Corgan had that voice that I was just like, ugh, I can't stand this. And I didn't and I didn't give him a chance, you know? But no, obviously, I, I think they did some pretty I agree. Yeah, uniquely yeah. – intentionally gross things that was just different. You know what I mean? That's how oh, I was. Axel. A lot of people hate Axel's voice. Yeah. I never – I fucking right. poor poor the, slash. I never listened to him because I couldn't. But stand the thing about the, yeah, which is funny because I, I would listen to, be. to him. Yeah, the the uh, the thing about the yeah, thing about Axel though, he's, he's such a sweetheart. They're like I brothers, can't man, help, you, know? you know. It's like Dave Mustaine. Yeah, he might not be the greatest singer, but he's just such a nice person. <laughs> I look. I'm not even talking shit because I I'm a huge Guns N' Roses and Megadeth fan. Like I love those bands, and I know the reputations of those guys, but I still absolutely love their music personally. Oh, yeah. But I no, get I mean, it. Voices can be a fucking deal breaker. That's, that's man, you something know? And, different. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. Yeah. It's just. It's, it, I don't know. Van Halen was a huge thing. Yeah, I've never Van subscribed Halen. one way or the other with those guys. I think they, in my opinion, so, like, they, there's some really great stuff, and there's some stuff from, like, yeah, it's a little too hokey and party music for my taste, but the musicality of those guys was. Those guys yeah, were like a goddamn rock and roll party jazz band. I mean, they're nuts. This right. shit, they're. Their music is so sneaky progressive. I don't think anyone's yeah. ever quite been as excessively progressive as those guys. 
Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, you start to dissect it. Like I mean, fuck me. That, it's yeah, it's nuts, man. It, yeah. Both of those guys. Just the Unchained, man. Oh, really? That's and and see, that sounds... For so long, dude. Yeah, and it sounds just, simple just that, on the... This is one thing I love about now. teaching music, too, actually, <laughs> and dissecting songs is because... Or transcribing songs is because... A lot of times you'll listen to a song. I think oftentimes it's the, the mark of a great pop song. Not always. Like some of them are just dead simple four, four, three chords. There's nothing wrong with that. But so many times I found like, holy shit, you start listening and really analyzing. You're like, that was a measure of three, four. Now that's that. That's a key change. That what the hell's the little teeny nuggets, little teeny things that you don't hit you obvious. And it's not like they're yeah. trying to do a rush thing or a tool. It's mm -hmm. not like an obvious pro progressive thing. It's like they slip and the in Beatles there, were like masters of that shit, man. And I just, I, every man. time I learn, it's almost like I, I get yeah. giddy every yeah, time yeah, I yeah. learn a Beatles song because there's always some goddamn clever thing, you know, that you're just like, God, the Beatles did it again, you know? Man, when, when I saw y'all like, I saw y'all like, oh, Big I love Man, y'all played yeah, Norwegian Wood, dude. That's, I that's, that's one of the so easy long. ones. There's, that's nothing, song, there's no tricks yeah. really up the sleeve there. Yeah, it's it's funny because as a kid, that was, that was, I, I mean, I, I respect and I like the Beatles. I remember that too. Up, like, I was lucky enough when my parents cool. had a lot of classic, a lot. They had a handful of classic <laughs> rock albums that were all iconic classics. And so I always liked the doors from the time I was a little kid. I had heard a little bit of Eagles, Fleetwood Mac rumors. I can cite all the albums, right? Um, CCR greatest hits. And I remember, yeah. uh, but then I remember yeah, coming I, into the teenage years and getting into Guns N' Roses, starting to play guitar. And I remember seeing, like, I think CDs were just now becoming a thing, you know? And it's like, I was like the Beatles. No, they're just kind of like old. No, no. And then you, then like now when I have students, I'm just like, dude, right. the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. Are, here's what <laughs> bugs me too, right? Like we can talk shit about certain bands, like Green Day. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. You know, you can argue about the voice, same with Smashing Pumpkin. But the guys that go like, I don't like, I hate the Beatles. I, I just can't even like what. That's like saying I hate water. I hate air. You know what I mean? Like, it's just silly to me. Like, the Beatles are just so fucking... Yeah. They're, yeah, it, they've influenced it's, everything. They're all around they're, you, bro. It's everywhere. They're, they're <laughs> who they are for a reason, man. Case closed. You're wrong. You lose. Okay. I, I mean, like, every yeah, fucking Eleanor Beatles Rigby, song, like, hardly like, ever wrote a bad song. Like, once yeah, in a while, I hear a Beatles song, and I'm like, you know, some deep cut, and I'm like, eh, okay. But that's like, you know, for every... 30 Beatles songs that are brilliant. Like one's do... like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's still good, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, fuck yeah, God, dude. What was I going to say? Jackson yeah. 5, man. Jackson 5, bro. Like, uh, I realized this a while back, running the clubs and stuff, but there's not a soul in the world that won't dance yeah. to that shit. Like if you hear, you know, uh, once you back or something in the grocery store, yeah. every motherfucker. Because Joe Jackson was a was a taskmaster, man. He fucking whooped those that's, kids' that's ass. A powerful and thing, man. Yeah. They didn't have a childhood. There's the I. No, man. There's a reason yes. Michael Jackson uh, wanna, was super fucking into that, fucked though, up, man. man. He didn't have a childhood. <laughs> I think that's why he was manifesting all that weirdo shit. But, but yeah, oh, goddamn, sure. yeah. what a natural. First of all, he was just an inherent talent to begin with, just an absolute natural gift. But all they were amazing. You just made me think of something talking about that. So, what did we learn from going on that tour, Matt? Oh, about singing. <laughs> and not, none of the rest of us are Michael Jackson. <laughs> I see. 
Yeah, dude. <laughs> no, you gotta take you gotta take care of your voice, man. Drink a lot of water. Dude, singing <clears throat> singing your ass off, you know, night after night after night after night. You gotta you know you gotta maintain it and take care. This is, I'm sure, why oh, sure. a lot of these guys develop drug problems and stuff like that because there's oh. so so many people making no, money it's... that you can't afford to miss out on that gig. Oh so yeah, they got you on steroids. Just like an athlete, just, just like a fucking athlete, guys. dude. So um, keep singing. So they can make their money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nobody gives a shit. You know, nobody gives a shit about you so until you die. You know, they'll run you into the fucking pissed. ground. Like, um, <laughs> look at Ozzy, man. That guy, I don't know how the hell he's still. I love Ozzy, but it's no secret. Sharon's yeah. back there like, you know, like. Well, they're all, they're, they're all listening. Sharon, I they're can't all, move. Ozzy, you can't get track, another tool. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like <laughs> Sharon. You ain't going to stand there. God bless Ozzy. He's the best. So, yeah. Yeah, probably or tuning yeah, down, you know, I'm sure they're not in their keys, but they, they, you know, I, I mean, Jesus, yeah. man. I mean, you're, when you're that old, I mean, in only Mick, Mick Jagger's like the truth I mean, I get freak that's somehow still running around at 80, you know, doing the splits and a you know, and all this. One thing about Michael Jackson, yeah, uh, and this was a, a guy that used to play with the Jacksons in the seventies that we had on our podcast. Uh, someone that I've worked with out in, in uh, LA, that's a trumpet player, brilliant musician. And he's, I mean, this guy's played with so many people and uh, it was awesome talking to him. Anyway, what he was talking about when he met Michael Jackson, he said, it might, you know, he met the whole band rehearsed with the whole band. He's like, well, is Michael going to be here? Don't worry about Michael. He knows that he knows the tunes. He knows that so they were rehearsing. He was like, and then on his, Michael will give us the cue. Michael will do this. And he's like, well, is, no, Michael's, he knows everything. We're good. And he said, and then he met all the guys and, and he said, he met Michael real brief, briefly, <laughs> but he said, it made perfect sense. He was said because he was saving his voice, he was <laughs> taking care of his voice, and I never thought of that. And I wonder if that is the reason why Michael yeah. Jackson was always so soft spoken, because he was take. It might be part of it. Well, I'm sure that might be part of it because I know, like, you know, you and I probably more than anybody, you're singing the whole time, but you're also doing the whole schmoozing thing where you're like talking to everybody and all this stuff. And you see a lot. It of makes singers, sense. You know, yeah. I feel like I, dude. If I fucking had that luxury, I'd be all about it. And it wouldn't be, it it wouldn't be based on ego. It wouldn't be to be a snob. But if I had someone else that could would set up, you know, a a roadie crew. Yeah, you you go get warmed up. Another a great example. I mean, Skid Row was one of my favorite bands when I started playing guitar. Right, like right on the heels of me discovering Guns N' Roses, I got into Skid Row and Slave the Grind. To this day, one of my favorite albums, and. So I used, always used to be like, ah, oh, man, Skid Row, like my favorite band in, in high school and stuff. And then like, then my fiance, crazy, all these years later, I meet her and she's got a nose chain and plays bass because of Rachel Bolin. She's this huge Skid Row fan. I'm like, what world am I in right now? This is amazing. And recently we saw Skid Row in Vegas when they opened for the Scorpions and we got a press pass with our friend Kaylee. You know Kaylee Rose, right? Do you know her? Nice. Yeah, Kaylee's... Yeah, yeah I, fantastic I phono journalist. Yeah. We're not like buddies writer. Or She's done a lot for us. Her documentary is awesome. So, um, but anyway, she was shooting. She shot them before and actually introduced me to Rob Hammersmith, their their drummer who came on our podcast too. Super nice guy. We had a great time. And so whenever they were playing out in Vegas, I got a friend out there. Met up my fiance, flew out there. Well, we all got press badges, and so we, we just got to hang out with Skid Row, and we got to hang out with them in their dressing room. They're just the nicest guys, man. They were so so great. But my whole point of this story is their singer, their current singer, who is fucking phenomenal. I got to see 
him backstage doing his thing. And the guy was such a nice guy. We're like hanging out, having coffee in the dressing room and fucking around. And he's like, do you guys mind if I warm up? I'm like, oh, my God, the bro, like yeah. you're the skinger. Please do us the honor. And this guy, but he was doing <laughs> some kind of thing with water. Like Lay he was doing me. some kind of throat thing. He was doing vocal exercises. And then he just went in like, I think mm. it was like a bathroom adjacent, you know, where you get great acoustics anyway, right? And we could just hear it. And he was just playing a bunch of Guns N' Roses song on this yeah, beautiful yeah. Taylor guitar and belting out these goddamn songs. Not in the style of Axel, by the way. <laughs> but like, it just... Man, I was like, and this dude was not yeah. fucking around. I mean, he was warming up for hours, but he kills it. I mean, he kills it on stage, you know, but uh, that's crazy, man. Oh, I imagine. I was yeah. just watching a thing with uh, Miles Kennedy talking about that. <laughs> and he was like, I used to do that. But then I realized. Sure. I'm being like, it was interesting to hear him talk about it because I can kind of relate because there's there's, there's right. a point where. Like, yeah, yeah, you have to know. You have to know. Like, doing damage. A hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Or. Well, dude, here's what I do. And I mean, it's when not ideal because enough. then you get to the yeah, show. And like you whatever, said, what yeah. are you doing? All the things you shouldn't be doing. You're drinking beer. You're talking. You're doing all the things you should not be fucking right, right, doing. Right. But Cold regardless, shit, usually shit. on the way to a show, I will at least try to sing a few songs, you know, push my limits. I'll not, not overdo it. And you really learn how to do this, right? Like if we rehearse the night before a show. I sing, but I don't go, you know, I, I sing 90% or on certain parts. I don't, I don't, I don't go for that fucking super big scream. Like, you know, there's no point in doing that and potentially damaging anything. So you really like, right, there's, right. It, there's an art to that shit. I mean, I think it's like that way with any instrument, but most of all with vocals, because yeah, vocals are the most, uh, temper, temperamental touchy thing. Like, you, you know. Yeah, Touchy, people don't realize, sure. man, too. And yeah. I, 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 someone was telling me this one time. Mm -hmm. I, I think it was about Outcast. It was really cool. Like they were saying before a tour or something. This their, I don't know, uh, manager, I guess, made them jog every day. I don't even know if this story is true, but whatever. Like made them jog every day and sing the whole album while they were jogging. And it makes it, it makes it or or whatever the performance was, Damn, whatever the, the whole album. <laughs> because it makes it it's a hundred it's totally no, yeah, different to be in a studio though, yeah, doing take true. after take on a mm -hmm. microphone taking a break having a drink than it is to go on stage for 45 minutes to an yeah. hour straight while you're under the hot lights you're sweating you're running around you get winded when you're especially when you start actually you're getting winded the front man and you yeah. can fucking run around mm -hmm. so you got to train i mean it, you know you don't have Yo. to be like an immaculate shape but there is a certain amount of endurance and training mm -hmm. and i know from covid the first show we played in April, which uh, unfortunately was a benefit, which was at Fitzgerald's. For did you guys know um, Ronnie? Right, you were at that show, right? I think so. I remember that. I now, think yeah. I was there. Oh, that was a horrible yes. show mm -hmm. for me, man. Horrible. Yeah, we had our buddy Chris Bauer filling filling in for that because you know it. But we literally did, and Chris That's played right. with yeah. us before. Mm -hmm. We did well rehearsal uh, right before the show. I had not been keeping up with my shit. I had not been singing much. Uh, and even at rehearsal, when I was like, Hey, I'm going to kind of hold back, even with that 75%, by the end of rehearsal or even midway to rehearsal, I, I knew I was like, I am fucked. Like, I am not going to. I was having on that particular show, I was having to drop yeah. down an octave. I mean, I was struggling bad, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was just like, I and I knew it. I was just like, I'm not in shape. I, I cannot sing these songs. <laughs> yeah. You kind of take for granted some of the stuff that you actually get to where you could do relatively easy because your body your muscle memory gets used to it you walk away from that shit 
for six months a year. Oh, you're yeah. A hundred percent, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You don't use it. You lose it. Yeah. There's a, when we got him, right. We were doing the three piece thing. Like you were talking about earlier. And I'm back in the day, I'm used to having, you know, I could run around and I was like, Oh, I used to do this. Right. So he joins the band. We play our first show with him. I finally was free. Right? Yeah. I think it took me one song and I was gassed because I just hadn't yep. done it. You know, it, it, it made me realize, Oh shit, I better go jogging again or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, man, Vic. Once no you finally get my ass on the mat, dude, like uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be killing it with vocals. I, I feel because I'm gonna get my endurance build up, man. I gotta get, I gotta get. This is my, you know, <laughs> this thing. Okay, where, uh, it's true. <laughs> like you got you, stamina, stamina, man. You know, it'll, it'll happen. Have, no, Vic does jujitsu ju though. Oh Do yeah. Sing, Vic? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, the, okay. yeah that that. Uh, Matt stamina is totally different. Well, any kind totally of cardio, cardio is better than totally no cardio, which yeah. is my current regiment. So, but, oh, I've, I've seen it. Yeah, I, I know it. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're really briefly back when it Did was kind of fashionable in the maybe the late '80s or something sure when I was a right? kid. But like, uh, my dad somehow <laughs> managed to run both mine and my brother's skateboards over. So, I I, I don't know if that was an accident <laughs> yeah so it didn't last too it didn't last that was too on long purpose, man. He's like, yeah exactly. if i don't do this like, I'm oh darn i ran over the other one too <laughs> yeah said so just got this obnoxious yeah, jackass no i did i do this uh when, when i when i went back like i I've known how to sing or whatever, but when I was in high school, I kind of wanted to go get some more lessons or whatever. And so there's this warm up that my vocal coach had taught me then that I still use all the time. Where mm. you, you stick like a, a kettle weight works great because it's okay. concentrated, right? But you lay on the ground, stick it straight on your diaphragm and get something that's like 25 pounds, 30 pounds. That way you can feel it. Ah. And the gravity. That's a good idea. Okay. Makes you have to breathe correctly. So yep. I like to yep. do that before I go sing. And it's really just about the breathing, right? It's just getting you to do it, get in the right place properly. But one thing I noticed too is, I don't know how many times do you I kind of do a pretty it? loud, like yeah, you know, I kind of because the last thing you want to do is just be like hello, hello, check one two. I do certain things like I'll go like I try to go, I try to get those high syllable like right, sibilants right. in there to make sure it's not going to feed back on that. I'll do yeah, just yeah, the yeah. basic talk, right, and then right, I right. Uh, and then I'll, I'll hey, ah, yeah, mm -hmm. you know I try to put out a yell or two to kind of get a relative volume, but. I'm just curious because I, I never hear anybody singing. So, you know, I, I don't know if I yelled at you. Or yeah. <laughs> but I was like, we need no, to sing. Yeah, so not I, a bad I idea. Some of my warm up during the mic. Show. Oh, well, I love like, being, yeah. I'll belt out a That's piece one nice thing about going first at a show is when you get that like, sound check and um, being able to just kind of get dialed sure. in and then do a song or two, right? Get kind of loosened up a little bit and act actually sing. For real, before you just yeah, dive can, right into that yeah. first goddamn song, you know, because there's definitely shows where in the first song and lately, I don't know if, if you knew, know the new Good Rogering album, uh, you know, tunes that well, but the the title track, which is like one and two bleed together, the title track has the hardest vocals on the entire album. I mean, it's in the God, the chorus is in the fucking stratosphere and we've been opening shows with that one, two punch. So it's like right out yeah. the gate. I'm like, ah! you know, it's just so. 
it's really hard. I feel like the last yeah, yeah, yeah. shows I've been like in my mind, I'm like, Ooh, I think I, I think I did okay. But there's a few that I'm, a few where I'm just like, and I probably when we, I, we probably didn't play <laughs> that show, um, the yeah. April one or whatever, 2021. But, but yeah, I mean, it's so funny, man. Like you said, it's just a muscle memory thing. It's consistency because even songs that I struggled with once upon a time and then got to where they were like a piece of cake. Didn't play him for a year, and then all of a sudden I was like, "Fuck, I can't sing this song again," you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, man. Yeah, yeah. We talked about yeah, that good, a lot on good, our first podcast, too, but you know, I mean, I know I'm going to be 30 next year, but I'm just accepting it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to be 27 again. Ah, <laughs> stay that close. You know. Yeah, no, I just uh. You know, when I was probably like nineteen or whatever, I was. I was definitely never, baby. never you know, a tenor man. All that, no problem or whatever. The funny thing for the this funny is, thing about me is like it's a little, it's a little I struggled, now, always <laughs> still do with the with with singing and the confidence of singing. So it's like such a to me, it's the highest compliment if someone asks me to do something vocally or compliments me that because that's always been the, the biggest struggle for me. It's I wasn't so. I mean, I know my limitations on guitar and stuff, but I was never super self conscious about. My guitar ability, as opposed to, but I, at the same time, I always had the, my music in my head, and I I knew from an entertaining standpoint, I was like pretty adept for a frontman. It was just I had to really struggle or early on with AGR with yeah, the confidence yeah. factor, and then the realization of what I could and couldn't do at the time. And now I'm so much more comfortable. I progress. So it's funny for me. I actually think I became a much better singer in my 30s. You know, yeah. No, that's that's a real yeah, thing. Yeah, it I really mean, is. Everybody. You know, Actually, you got to get past. That's like probably the biggest hurdle. And finding it's, your voice, it's, you know, it's like just finding okay like how what your voice is. And I listen to certain things, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's like it, it, it's just it is what it is. It's just like the singers we were talking about. That's it's funny because it's the same thing that's what some people absolutely adore, and other people just can't stand. It's very personal. The timbre and quality of a person's voice, their lyrical content, and and Roger Waters is another it's, great example of kind of a weird. Yeah not traditionally pleasing voice, you know, but his lyrics are fucking second to none. You know, I mean, Gilmore seems like an angel in my opinion, but, but even Roger Waters, I love his voice. You let you, that's a cool thing. Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, whatever. Right. Maybe they're not these traditional, we can't all be fucking Freddie Mercury. Right. But, but their voice. Yeah. I mean, Freddie Mercury is such an exception, right? Even he wasn't God, but I mean, uh, or, (laughs) Well, he went out the first album. I don't know if you know this, but he really he hated it. He was like, I didn't know. Then he started taking lessons. Yeah, Brian May will talk about it on interviews or whatever. But yeah, he was like, I'll be damned. He couldn't sing. He went I did that. lessons on the first album. That's what happens a lot. Of times. Well, I, I was about to say, you start I think making that, money. That happened like, to me too until you said the I made money part. I wish that would have been part of it. But yeah, right after we did the, the first album, and I got my ass handed. To, I was so frustrated. <laughs> I had to because I had all these melodies in my head, and of course, what do you do? You you, you can humdy dumb them in your apartment or whatever but then you go into a studio you go go sing them for real in the live loud context of a band and i'm like wow i can't sing the shit i wrote and i had to rewrite some of the early stuff there's a lot of rap not is not the right word but very staccato kind of talking it was all rewritten with the melodies that i had sang way in the background with a bunch of reverb because the melodies weren't strong my vocals were not strong enough to make the song and i and my to this day like some of my best friends which i value their opinion because there is brutal as much as it's like fuck you <laughs> it's good to know like when someone back then who was just like oh dude yeah, yeah. 
the, your vo- your vocals suck. I'm like, well, fuck you too, asshole. But but that same person now, if they're like, man, you sound awesome. These are the best songs you've ever done. I'm like, that means something because I know this guy's not going to bullshit me. You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and it's still something that you know, it's like I'm not. Yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, I guess I'm a singer, but I, you know, I'm just like I wouldn't say like I'm some like amazing vocalist, but you just find your voice, you know. Well, I think a lot of us like tr- true musicians. Yeah. Well, we. I think you know, a lot of times if you want to see something to realization or whatever. Yeah. It's kind uh, of hundred yeah, percent. A lot of yeah. times people are doing shit just out of necessity. You know, it's like that's I can't it. And it might have taken ten years of struggle to do it, but years. but at the end of that, you look you back know, and you go, like, oh, "Okay, yeah. I mean, that was progress." I think you you, know, you become better at all the things. Like, how can you not become better, right? I mean, you become a better at writing songs. Like we were talking about, like understanding yeah. your brand, marketing yeah. it, you know, singing, whatever the case may be. I mean, props to you, by the way, as a vocalist. I mean, you're a great vocalist, man. You you have a a great voice. Like when I see you, I'm like, all right, this this fucking guy can actually sing. Oh, <laughs> you know, for real. So yeah, dude. Um, well, that's part of why I do that thing when uh, when we start yeah, off the does, mic check, I'll blast sure. out. Something. Yeah, you're like, oh, that really gets people's attention. Yeah, they're like, you know, they're like, oh, oh shit, not that a good this rock is not just one of those shitty rock Let's hang out. Let's watch these sing. guys. <laughs> Nah, it does. <laughs> yeah. No, but it sets the tone, and then they're a little curious about what the fuck we're about. So here's that, the right? thing, man. And uh, so, I, I feel like that's kind of Tim funny. showed up, and I've just been talking for four and a half hours. Vic and I have been saying this forever, and it just never seems to work because we always have such a blast talking. Really, it's because Matt just talked too much through this podcast, and it just just would just not shut the fuck up. But I know, right? <laughs> You ought to meet his, oh, you boy. Meet his yeah. twin brother. He's twice Let's just have him. Maybe if he hosts my <laughs> podcast, these things would actually get wrapped up because I wouldn't blab the whole time. But, like, uh, yeah, he's been ready to go for, like, four he's hours. all right, you fuckers. Shut like, up. Ah, man, Let's get out of here. Can I go to Taco Cabana and just get the fuck out of here already? This. You know what it is? I think for both me and you, right? Like, I don't know. Like, downtime, for some reason. Something has to be done, right? Like. Yeah. Like, I feel like I talk sometimes. Like, I feel like we've been talking a lot, right? I feel like I do that. when I know what it is with me. I'm an all or none person in, like, every capacity. Like I said, if I get in that moment, and once I'm in that moment in a studio, I'm fucking in it. But getting me there, it's like I'm like a little kid, like, with ADD. And it's like once I get focused on something, like, then I'm, like, all in that moment. But I'm either, like, all in that moment or I'm fucking all over the place or and unable to, like – that's what I, I feel like I'm a fucking toddler. <laughs> so I just I just come on here and it's like some it's like someone's shaking keys in my face. And I'm like, that's, that's why I smoke know? weed, right? Like, I hear that. I hear that, man. Like, I'm kind of the same way, right? Like, that's, it's all over the place. The, my problem is, like, I, I hear that 100. percent My problem is, is <laughs> I smoke a bowl and my focus becomes, you know, Cobra Kai. <laughs> I, just, I just watch fucking Netflix, man. <laughs> Although I do, I do kind of. I don't. I don't like to perform yeah, stone or anything like nothing, that. Like I, I like to be sober, <laughs> um, but I do like. Yeah, uh, me neither. Sometimes yeah. it's great to like, especially if you're in your own head. If if you if you've got writer's block, if you're frustrated technically, if you do that and just kind of loosen right. up, like I love to just like do that and then play jazz or something, right? Because it just lets me be more free and not worry and think so much. And I tend to feel like, wow, I'm this yeah. sounds great. And then maybe you record it, and maybe it's great, and maybe it's garbage, but. I think it's a good 
I like to write and just be creative on that, but I, I don't know how guys per- perform all stone, man. Shit. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, man, exactly. so I love this because it's probably going to be a minute before this comes out. They usually take a while, but like, uh, we're so far off that it's great. We can actually advertise December 2nd at the amp room, all stories and album. No EP. How many tracks song? Yeah. On EP? Six, six song EP release. Um, I'm so, I'm so excited to be playing that show with you guys, yeah. man. It's always a pleasure to play with you guys. Maybe seven. Six or seven or ten or fifteen. Or Last something. time we we, uh, <laughs> we did this on the album, yeah. <laughs> we, we took a song on the last album. Dude, well, I was going to put on an EP like four years ago, and I recorded tracks. like four songs, and then the <laughs> pandemic happened. I was like, I'm going to add another song. I'm going to add another song. And then finally, I was like, Fuck it, I'm making an album. You know what I mean? Like at, at that point. So, <laughs> uh, but anyway, man. So, what do you guys, what do you have going on in the interim? Like, is this all tracked? Are you still finishing things in terms of the album? Okay. I've got to go back and sing one song, and it's Matt's song that he wrote. We have right. to redo uh, a certain portion of my song. No, we don't have to redo anything. I just need to get in there and sing the vocals. We, oh, just, cool. need to, we just need the vocals, basically. Oh, okay. Then we'll ship it and off. Where did you guys do that again? And yeah, we're, we're, we're That'd be cool, yeah. Keep me posted on vinyl. I still haven't gotten on that whole damn thing, but I can blame it on supply I chain issues, so that's fine. No, the, yeah, I think vinyl pressing done correctly is a <laughs> well, good time. You know, it takes time for sure. Um, but yeah, man, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, right. uh, wishing you guys continued success. People can find you. Is it a dot com you guys got? You don't have a website. Uh, right now, we don't have a website. Uh, the, the one I okay. had. All the, so we're gonna, all the normals. We're gonna redo a new are you, uh, right now you can find us on Instagram. Are you dancing and eating Tide Pods on TikTok or haven't, haven't crossed that bridge yet? Okay, good, good. Glad to. <laughs> of course. Glad to hear you with yeah. the times. Spotify, Apple Music, etc., etc. YouTube, go subscribe to the channel. Go listen to All Stories End, everybody. Uh, any, any final thoughts? Got anything to leave us with? Uh, thank you for having us. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah, we, uh, I, I definitely uh, really we grilled some fuckers, so cool or I did. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, not you guys, no. <laughs> yeah, hey, man. Either, yeah, so absolutely. So. Absolute pleasure. Dude. No, we do. Thank uh, you very much for having us on, man. We do really appreciate it. Uh, yes. I, you know, I hope everybody has a better couple of years than they've been having. That's, I think know, that's a great thing. Great stay right positive. There. All right. There you have it. Once again, it's been Skunk Manhattan. Skunk man, I couldn't even say my name. And what? Buy my and shit. Buy my shit. No, yeah, no. look, we're all like, uh, <laughs> let's all, let's all throw our problems. <laughs> me, I'm all fucking invincible. Zars, good rogering, all stories in. Tool, Tool doesn't need there any more go. money. They're already rich. <laughs> tool, go buy that little Actually, that little band do. no one's ever heard of called Tool. Everybody. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, that's the thing, right? And that's it's like such a big deal because it's not. Yeah, it's not such a that they've really they've really done that well and they've really got yeah, that loyal following for that. Yeah. 
It's a tough thing to do, especially man. Like, nowadays. Yeah, in the singles you world, you gotta keep putting out. You gotta keep doing this. You gotta keep doing that. I think there's definitely a truth to that, especially for a younger band. That's not. I mean, yeah, you know, man. it is different when someone's already established and mainstream and has been for years and years. They all those bands came up at a different time that doesn't exist anymore, right? But right. But I don't know. I still think that there's value to striking that balance right. and having a bit of mystique and a bit of, you know, like that whole idea. So. Anyway, for all sure. stories yeah. in. Thank you guys, uh, Chris and Matt, for joining us. This has been Skunk Manhattan and Victor Ramos. Until next time, yeah. take care. Hey, folks, that concludes another episode of the podcast. Guest links will be available in the show notes. We'd like to thank our friends at Top Shelf Music for showcasing the podcast on their site. Be sure and check them out at TopShelfMusicMag.com for the latest music news, reviews, and events. We'd also like to thank the folks over at Tragen Guitars, Goden Guitars, Ernie Ball Strings, and Five Iron Woodworks. Have a great week, and catch you on the next one.